Ladies and gentlemen, may I present for your intellectual and philosophical pleasure Run Fest on Raw Dog Serious XM Comedy Hits Channel 99 Ron and Fez show live. I would go so far to say one of the few shows I think normally that you would have in here this time because we're in the middle of what I call the blizzard of 65. I can't get the TV stations to call it that. Um, We're in an incredible, crazy blizzard here in the Northeast. It started in the South, crippled the South. And now it's hitting the Northeast. And a lot of the people, if you don't live right in the city, uh, it makes no sense to travel in this. You're taking your life in your hands, they were telling me on TV. The TV people, life in their hands. I also have a relative stuck in an airport now for, well, I'd say they're about 14 hours right now and no idea when they're going to be able to get out um, up in the, uh, up in New England. Good God. Yeah. At least is there, is there a nice airport? They get some need, hang out a little bit? There's no such thing as a nice airport. <laughs> LaGuardia. God damn it. You won't stop that. Seriously, the hometown thing annoys me no matter whose hometown it is. There's only one thing to be fucking proud of if it's your hometown. Hoogies, cheesesteaks, <laughs> and the Eagles. Pittsburgh has an okay one. They got a statue. They have these like wax realistic statues of George Washington and Franco Harris right next to each other. I was a hell of a backfield. Seriously, because Franco Harris, Mr. Outside, George Washington, Mr. Inside. And it's him reaching down, making the. Look, let me tell reception. you about George. Yeah, the fucking fake catch that bounced to him. Now, let me tell you something about George Washington. You're not going to get a long run with him. But you're going to get two to three yards when you fucking need it. You know what I mean? When you need it. He's a goal line guy. It's fucking fourth down and eight inches. You've got the first down because GW is going to fucking push you through. Start moving the chains. I love the fact that you guys feel the excitement to jump in and we could talk about football. Right now i got to talk about the storm of the century. Uh, and I need to know how, what is the weather where you live. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Hey, look, if you look at the TV, there's our fucking building on television right now in snow. The only people out on the street today when I came walking up, smokers. Standing in front of their building smoking, which goes to show 
it can be done. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. What's the weather like where you are? Because from what I understand, the South was absolutely crippled, down to the point where they're in wheelchairs now. They say it's the worst thing to happen to the South since the bluebellies went down there, taking away all their health. Um, but, uh, you know, and a lot of people in the North, they annoy me. They're like, what happens to the people in the South? They get a little bit of stuff, they can't move. They don't have a fucking plow. They don't have rock salt. They're not prepared for this. It's like if you lived in Colorado and a giant fucking tsunami wave came, you wouldn't know what to do. You wouldn't know whether to shit or tie your sneakers. Um, boy, we got to get this thing set up today. We got the bad fucking computer laying on top of this so the mouse doesn't move. I got a team. Look at this. Look, it's all gone down. I got a fucking team that will say to me on a daily basis, I'm going to turn my brain off until Ron gets here. And then when Ron gets here, I'm going to blame Shelby. That is what... I don't know if there's a film strip on that that you can show, but we're checking around weather all around the country um, because if I believe the TV... The country's crippled. Here's Ryan in Colorado. Ryan. Hey, how you doing, man? Yeah. How's your weather? We got 55. It's sunny, gorgeous, not a, no wind. Feels like 60, 70 degrees here right now. Wow, Colorado's beautiful. And how many Super Bowl rings do you have? Oh, that's right. Got him. Got him. Yeah, we got him, Chris. We finally got Colorado. Dicks. Joe and Austin, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, in Austin today, it's going to be 76, and it's sunny and nice and warm. Oh, I forgot to tell you, too, Joe. Let everybody know. My parents came back, so I can't have that kegger. But party at the Moon Tower. All right? Red's my favorite color. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um... Here's uh, Dan in Kentucky. You're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Yeah. I am checking in from uh, beautiful Covington, Kentucky, just south of Cincinnati, Ohio. It's a balmy 33 degrees Fahrenheit with a light wind about one mile an hour blowing out of the northwest. All right. I don't know why everybody's complaining about the weather then. It seems like it's very nice, no matter where I talk to. Get a hold of Michelle and tell her she's got to get in here today. And then tell the other important news, and you know what that is, right, Chris? What's that? Party at the Moon Tower. Everybody's going to be there. Me and that black dude buying the first keg. Everybody chip in for the other one. Heard there's a beer bus going around, too. <laughs> you know, that one guy fucking annoyed me because he had enough fucking beer in his trunk for everybody in the town. <laughs> Why is he acting like, where do we go? You got your fucking, the trunk is filled with ice and beer. That was a nice fucking trunk. I mean, they're probably going to be shaken up a little bit, but I'll it's, crack on. It's hard to believe that guy's going to win the Oscar this year. You think it's a lock? You think he's got it? Oh, yeah, he's got it. He fucking lost all that weight. Not, not Slave? That's no, slave, slave guy didn't lose any weight. For some reason, he, got, he was a slave for about 12 years. He got a little fatter, if I'm going to be totally honest. 
And then started talking Shakespearean. I may be the only person who saw this movie. Everyone acts like it's great because we're against slavery. But then I try to get in, like Tammy Pescatelli. Uh, Pescatelli. I fucking said her name wrong. It really makes me mad. By the way, she's hysterical, and yesterday was so much fun. And she's fixed, Fez. He's totally fixed now. Uh, she goes, oh, 12 Years a Slave is great. I started to bring up the opening scene. She goes, don't ruin it for me. Yeah, she we, say we, we say that it's great <laughs> before we even see it because we hate slavery so bad. Um, Steve, San Francisco, you're on the run of Fed show. Hey, Ronnie, uh, 9 a.m., 60 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, loving life. I get older. They stay the same age. I get older, they stay the same age. Um, God damn it, I love San Francisco, too. I'm, I'm going to hurt people from Chicago's feelings when we say this, but to me, that's the only other city-feeling city is San Francisco. I've never been. Um, Chicago, to me, feels more like a crowded suburb. You know what I mean? Like, there's space in between the buildings, oh, you know. But when you get into San Francisco, there's it just has that urban feel. Right now, there's all the middle class people are riding against the super rich computer people, and they're just constantly attacking the Google buses that take people from San Francisco to the Google headquarters. Well, cities are, you know, for rich people now, and they're rebooting Escape from New York. The movie Escape from New York, which doesn't make sense anymore. Now, when they did the original Escape from New York, we watched it and went, that could happen. We really may have to put a wall up around Manhattan and leave the criminals inside. Now, New York City, and it used to be just Manhattan, but now it's also Brooklyn becoming Queens is uh, getting more like Hunger Games, where rich people get there, and you have to you have to bring in people from the suburbs to fight to amuse us. <laughs> it's really, it's really uh, a reboot. Andy in Atlanta, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie B. Happy to report the uh, snow is finally melting. I think we're going to pull through this one. Now everyone can go gather up their cars. Um. That is uh, good to hear. So, if I believe the TV, um, I would uh, say to myself, "Ah, you can't, uh, you can't move in this country." Everyone else telling me just the opposite. Dan in New York, you're on the Run Fest show. Yo, Ronnie, what up? I'm uh yo I'm down here in Schenectady man we're about to get pounded with like twelve to thirteen inches and I gotta run around all over town today for Alton Brown television celebrity. What are you doing for Alton? I'm a showrunner for uh, his shows down around Albany and Schenectady and Saratoga. So he's I guess he's performing here at uh, Proctor's Theater in Schenectady. Good money in being a showrunner. Is it what? You make some good money being a showrunner? No, I don't make shit. No, it's it's strictly just you know because I could do it. You know, right. if people want something, I know where to go. That's what I need. I need a showrunner to run this fucking show for me. And now when I find out it's cheap, put that into Tim. Uh, who wants to type up an email for me? Who's yeah. got it? All right. Um, dear Tim, can I please have a showrunner and get rid of Fez, Hicks, and Shelby? Wait, don't write that part, Shelby. Did you? And then put yours in Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Can't wait to see the snow movie. Ron. Um, and send. 
<laughs> send. No, no. So the, oh, that's how. So you hit the send button. See, I never do that. That's why no one ever gets my emails. Jesus Christ! I know one thing. <laughs> I sent out four emails to all you guys today. Only heard back from Shelby. Only heard back from Shelby. That's not good. What do the Marines do, Chris? They kill. They improvise. That's it. They improvise. They do keep heaven filled with fresh souls. That's why Jesus loves the Marine Corps. Chock full of them. Jesus has a heart on for the Marine Corps. Um, Jack in Houston, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey there, Ron. It is a beautiful 60 degrees and sunny here in Houston. Though when the storm did go through here, it was cloudy and in the lower 30s. If I remember from my college classes, water might actually turn solid then. Hmm. For some reason, people, um, they're shocked by weather, no matter what kind of weather we have. Either way, the elderly will probably die. They're always can't get out of their house in the summer go, and then the winter for, that's yeah. too cold. In summer, I think more of them die from, than they do in the winter. They die in the summer because, well, they've painted their fucking window shut after living there for so many years. And then they never will you know, put out any money for an air conditioner. Or even put it on if they have one. They're like, no, it's going to put the electricity I up. don't want that bill to go up. Con Ed's up my ass. Because I won't have any money then. Now, during the summer, you'll always hear the horrible stories of someone leaving their kid in a car and it dies during the summer heat. Jesus. You never <laughs> it, hear that during the winter. People remember their kids when it's cold out, I guess. Well, I don't think you die in the cold as bad as you will in the heat. You know what I mean? Like, it'll take a little more time to die in the cold if you're in a car. I mean, you're, if you're in a car in the winter, you're in shelter. If you're in a car in the summer, you're in a fucking oven. I mean, a car, uh, it's hotter in a, in, than it is outside in the summer, but it's not colder than it is outside in the fucking winter. That's the fucking problem with it. There's no air, nothing moving for those little children. And you're just in there having one quick brewski. Uh, Paul, in Bethlehem, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Hey, Fez. I left New York driving to Chicago. Left New York at 5.30 with an inch of snow on the ground. I'm seven hours into the drive, just passing Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Snowing, blowing, past four rollovers. Got pictures of three of them. And three more cars in the ditches. So it ain't great here. All right. Uh, that's insane. Um, Go Pack Joe is over in Sochi. And he tweeted a pic to us and says it's 62 degrees there. Oh my God. Maybe that's why our Olympic team... Sucks moose dick. Just bed shitting everywhere. I, I, are less people watching this? Because it's really hurtful if you're an American fan. I feel terrible. I just watch these Germans and fucking Norwegians just dominating. It's annoying the shit out of me. I feel like moving to Germany right now. On Canada, they're doing very well. Canada's fucking great at the Winter Olympics, so they should be. I like to see the black guy speed skating. I think that's a win just for showing up. Um... Our buddy Fuck seems to be stuck. How you doing, Fuck? Yeah, I'm up here in suffering. I was driving along I-87 just fine, and I drifted into a fucking snowbank. Now I'm stuck. Somebody said help. I'm sorry. We can't help you. All of our Ron and Fez emergency vehicles are already out. Uh, Jason, Rochester. 
Hi guys, I need some advice. I'm flying for the first time tonight or uh, tomorrow morning at 4:30 from from Rochester to LaGuardia, then hopefully hopefully from LaGuardia down to Orlando for my first vacation. Um, am I gonna be fucked tomorrow morning around? No, I don't think so. We're supposed to get some rain today, later on today, and that'll help you. Uh, and then a little more snow after that, but I think tomorrow morning is going to be clear, right? Yeah, yeah. That's it's supposed to. I mean, it's almost like a twenty-four hour cycle here, but by morning time, we're supposed to have clear skies. Now you're going to be in LaGuardia, so you better pack a salami sandwich, please. <laughs> yo, yo. You, they have great facilities. They'll take care of you. You have more than to worry about. Not in, not according to the vice president of the fucking United States of America, smiling, Joe Biden. What's he know? And let me go so far as to say this. The next president of the United States in America. He's got the because why shouldn't he? Hillary's he's got, looking strong. He's got beautiful hair that he bought. Um, I want some cracked fucking walnuts with his bare fucking hands. We could do a lot worse. Uh, Biden's going to run on the thing of, I'll get you out of the Obama years. What if he actually ran and said, are you better off now than you were four years ago? Then vote for me, Joe Biden. Um, here's uh, James on the Ron and Fez show. Ronnie, yeah. I'm stuck in a fog bank. Oh, wait, that's all my weed smoke. <laughs> oh, weed jokes. I love weed jokes. Getting that high on. Deed. Chris, you got any weed for later? Smoking some buds. Not only do I smoke weed, I talk about it constantly. Do you about these new nugs I got? It's a new strain. Those nugs are fucking amazing. Are they heady? Are they heavy? They're heady nugs, actually. They're heady nugs, bro. Nice. Unbelievable. Look at the hairs on those things. <laughs> They're purple, bro. I've been stuck talking like this because I've smoked too much weed. No such thing. It's from the earth. Two things I like to do is smoke weed and surf. And since I was born and raised in Iowa and have never gotten out, I will keep smoking weed. <laughs> this is a weird thing. Pot smokers and gay guys, it doesn't matter where they grew up or where they, they all fucking talk the same way. No, not like each other, but all gay guys talk the same and all pot smokers talk the same way. This fucking weed's amazing. <laughs> My downstairs neighbor's a cunt because she says all she smells is weed coming out of here. That should be fucking great. So I took her down some weed brownies. And her cat died. <laughs> Doster, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's always the funniest thing. Is like when one of those fucking dudes gets bad news and tries to deal with it, you know? I just got a call that my dad died. I can't even fucking deal with that right now. <laughs> I got burned one down. <laughs> I've been smoking weed all day. And now I get this fucking shit. Can't deal with this high. I came home yesterday and my chick was fucking two dudes. So I just lit up a bong and said, fuck it. <laughs> One of them jizzed into my sneakers. I just can't fucking stand them. I know it's not bad for you. I just don't want to fucking hang out with you now. No, but this one time I was smoking, you got to hear about it. <laughs> it's a great... All right. Did you ever go see that movie Up 
But when you were stoned? <laughs> Everything they fucking pick. Like they like bad food, bad movies. I made nachos last night with Pepper Jack, bruh. I'm still watching Fight Club every fucking day, man. I'm still surprised when I find out that he's Tyler Durden. <laughs> <laughs> fucking morons. Look at this weed. Feel it. Those are crystals, bro. <laughs> Did somebody steal one of the nugs? I got a new bong. It's a roar. It's got a nice chamber. Fuck, I forgot. Today's my dad's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. What if I just send a flower or something? You think they're going to pat me down before I go into... <laughs> Might as well light up. Nothing I can do about it now. Fuckers. I like to move to Colorado sometime, but it takes money. Could open up a dispensary. And every time I, sp I get money, I just spend it on weed. Uh, coming up a little later on, we're going to be talking about the great Sid Caesar. And if you go over some of this stuff, you wonder if we'd even have the modern version of TV comedy that we have today without him. Because it's one thing that his show did, but the people who have worked for, that, for him in the past that went on and did, amazing. Now, it is, I don't know, if you think about it, is it nicer to live to be the 91 and people don't exactly remember your impact, or to Philip Seymour Hoffman die in your mid-40s, and everyone's crushed that you're dead. You know, you live longer, but your legacy fades. What would you want, Chris? Who would you want, James Dean? Philip Seymour Hoffman. You want to go out early? Go out, and then, as soon as he died, I was like... Greatest actor of this generation, and and he everybody did it. Yeah. Everybody went out of their way to do it. But with Sid Caesar, you know, he peaked fifty five fucking years ago, or or you know something like that. So you have to say to yourself, "All right, that was great," but now nobody remembers. What about for you? I, I think I'd like to have that really long career because then there he didn't have a really long career. His career ended, and, you know, he only worked sporadically in the last 55 years. Um, no, he lived well because he made a lot of money and stuff. But what I'm saying, no one really remembers what he did in that 55 years since. Yeah, if in that case, if I'm not really doing, you know, like small little good parts, I guess I'd take Hoffman, just go out like a champ. Fez? I'll take the 91 years. Doesn't surprise me. The long life. Doesn't surprise me. Or do you'd always lean on the side of, of safety. It is something to, you know, obviously it's better to be alive and you have family and blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. I just throw that as a fucking family. <laughs> I'm a real mensch, I am. That's a Jewish word. Sometimes used sarcastically to say you're a fucking dick, dude. Um, but Chris, you figure go out young, burn out early. They'll never forget you. Except for you've never achieved anything. True. And people be going like this. I saw that dude died young. Didn't he play the part of Aha uh -huh on the Davy Max Sports Program? That's not a part. Or don't do that, Dave. <laughs> you better not, Dave. Now you're just being silly. Come on, guys. Things get weird. Yeah. 
Uh, I gotta go over to my best friend in the whole world, Janice in Chicago. <laughs> Hello, where are you? Good, sweetie. Um, this is like, and I gotta say, Andy in Georgia, look out because Jim Cantori's down there. Oh, good. <laughs> and he's never around unless there's something real <laughs> shitty in it. <laughs> Very true. And uh, we're having the kind of winter. This is the winter that blew out my knees because if it's not below zero, it's snowing. So I did nothing but. Yeah, and I always worked my days off, so I was always just shuffling and twisting my knees. <laughs> everybody, in, everybody in Chicago. I saw a lady go down on the sidewalk today, and as I was stepping over, I said, "You better be careful. You're pretty old taking a bump like that." Now, some other woman helped her out. I was going to get her, but I was smoking a cigar. I thought she might start complaining about it, and I'd fucking have to put it out on her. Good move. <laughs> You know, in St. Pete, even, my in-laws have had their heat on a record number of days. Sure. Where they've only had to do it maybe, like, every couple years, one day. Yeah, and they've had uh, honey, it it's a space like heater. A they put on a space heater. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing that they use in a toll booth. <laughs> what if we filled that space heater up with weed? <laughs> Massive hit. <laughs> Just fucking put a blanket over our heads and breathe. Dude, um, Chris, when you get a chance, you really need to watch a Green Acres episode. It's, no it's shit. Seriously. And, I'll burn one down. And when you watch it, remember that that's what we grew up on is primetime television. <laughs> it's, it's the best. Well, Chris still had a black and white TV, so he can relate to you. <laughs> All right, talk to you later, sweetie. Enjoy your day. Love you. Love that jazz. Just one day in my life, I'd like to be in a good mood as her. I go over, Brian Bailey sent this in, uh, and a little later on in the show, we will get to uh, losing the king, said Caesar, all hail Caesar. Um, but this is the rapping uh, elementary school teacher to let everybody know that there's no school today. Bucks, both these guys end up molesting kids someday. <laughs> They're definitely molesting each other. You know how black people get mad if it's uh, February and someone tries to say, oh, today's chicken and watermelon? To me, this is more racist. Just white people attempting to fucking rap. And that goes back to vanilla. I think they nailed it. The two things that I think is the most offensive to black people is... That white guy's rapping, and then Larry Bird winning the championship without him. 
I never remember having a teacher that wanted to be popular and put out any sort of singing and dancing act where they wanted to be liked so much by the kids. They didn't have YouTube when you were a younger fest. <laughs> they didn't have fucking any kind of tubes. If they would, it would be like you probably got a, a funny carrier pigeon sent to you. He was allowed to carry a gun on campus. <laughs> the name of his team was the Rebels. His <laughs> high school team, and I'm not even yep. making that up. And then the fuck on the helmet was Ku Klux Klan guys lynching a black dude. <laughs> <laughs> and everybody, everybody was fine with it. And th in those days, no one knew that was bad. They were like, that'll fucking scare the other team. We led the district in t-shirt sales. You had t-shirts back then? Yes. All right. Fez Watley. You still had the big mustache? I didn't have it then. Here's uh, David, North Carolina. Oh, by the way, Brian Baker sent that to us, and we never got around to thanking him for those tasty cakes. He and his brother swung by. Very cool. Very cool couple guys. The Baker family is a wonderful family. But then, you know, Meredith brought us some yesterday. I'm digging Meredith. Oh, she's great. Yeah. It'd been great if Chris Stanley hadn't eaten them all. Yeah, maybe Chris is a little hungry. Where are the rest of them? They're upstairs. Why would they be upstairs? I'm sorry, did she bring them into you? <laughs> oh, yeah, I want you to... Here, put these upstairs next to Chris's desk and have him keep beating away on them. They're good. I will also say this. Not only did we make it in, all four of us, our two interns made the scene today. Yeah, they braved this terrible weather to come in here. I was very impressed. Um, they're a great fucking class. Norice had to take a bus. I figured she was done for. Norice, don't ever... Here, send her in here real quick. She'll just bring up that kind of music. <laughs> Norris, you had to take a bus? Yes, I did. Don't, in the future, I don't want you to worry about such things. All right? All right. Just wanted to come and see you guys. Well, it's very nice of you. <laughs> but I know in your native land, it does not snow. Your native it land of, of Long funny. Island. <laughs> you showed dedication to that. You were born in Long Island, right? No. You were born in the Dominican? No, I was born here. Okay. In oh, in Manhattan. Yeah. Oh, in Queens. In Queens. And then you moved out to Long Island. I'm not in Long Island. Why did I think you were from Long Island? No. Yeah, either one. Castro is from Long Island, I think. But she's in a part of Queens that's basically Long Island. It's very That's close. what I call I call Queens Long Island. No. You take the bus to the train station? Yes. Never do that again I'm in the snow. I take the bus and then take the train. Now I gotta go home. Back to the, the train. Back, back to the back barrio. To the bus. Do you go back to the barrio? <laughs> Can That's I ask why you're wearing Toms on a day when there's like a foot of snow? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> what the I'm fucking straight guy. What's All that? these. Oh, yeah. You need little boots. No, I have them. I took them off, oh, okay. Shelby. Gosh. Shelby's Shelby, why would you shoes? know what girl fucking shoes are? Everybody knows what <laughs> shoes those are. Gay guys. Yeah. I have yep. no idea. Those yep. are those are just shoes to me. They're Toms. There's a name for them. Yes. You know, it I said it, it like the first all day. Over the fucking I was like, store. Shelby's gay, and you, he just you keeps, are you are correct. You know, he just keeps. I didn't want to join in because it's the worst thing you can <laughs> say about a man. The worst. But I don't want my true. reputation. It's to fine. Get you keep commenting on fashion around here. Okay, here's one. You're still wearing the same shirt <laughs> as yesterday, and missing a button. And yesterday. It's four months yesterday. <laughs> He's setting it up for an hysterical payoff. 
<laughs> you know that I never, I didn't notice that he wears the, sh- the same shirt. No I one ever does. Like no one ever does. Until you said it. Yeah, no one ever does. It goes to show you how much people look at men. Not at all. <laughs> if I were to wear the same shirt, you would notice, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, I would. But a guy, even like when a guy puts on weight, like after a while, you're like, hey, you get put on weight? And he'll go like this, 600 pounds. Like it takes <laughs> that much before a guy notices, uh, if you notice if a guy lost weight or gained weight. But a girl, you notice pound by pound. Yeah. I like to lower, I want with your weight, I want to lower you in one of those tanks like they do in the NFL just to check body uh, mass. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're going to have to uh, ask you um, to work out for two weeks before you come back in here. You're going to get cut, Nerys. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go to the gym. Well, yeah, no, you're actually, you're, you're too thin almost. No. You're borderline. I've been gaining weight because, you know, school is stressing, work yeah. is stressing. This is actually fun. That's good. This is actually fun. That's what I, I say. This here. should always be fun. Uh, I want you to pick one of those out and give it to Nerys because she needs to put on a little bit of weight. You gotta bulk up, Nerys. Eat it. <laughs> here, here, give it. it to me. You don't know what you're doing, Vito. No, what is this? Chocolate eat bells? Fucking eat it. All right. You see, Vito. Vito. Don't, don't yell at her, Vito. No. How he, he treats do- me? Here's what he was doing. That's how he treats me. He acts like Chris. <laughs> no one should act like me. I that thought was that was mild. obvious. That was mild. That was light, Chris. Do you talk to her that way, though, seriously? Yeah. No, you're a liar. <laughs> Vito? That's what you do. No, I don't. There's a safe place built around her. He pushes me. That's a fucking. You better never. That's a lie. I've never done anything yeah. like that. Maybe to Stephanie, but never to her. <laughs> you should first of all never talk that way to any woman. Two, certainly don't talk that way to a coworker. You're gonna end up in HR. Look what you did. Don't gla- don't gla- look at me. Don't glare at her. Vito, you did it. She didn't do anything. Vito, I don't know how to tell you this because we love you, but we'll have to put you down like the family dog no, if you and if, if we find out you have distemper. No, I'll do it. I'll put one right in the back of his head. No, no, he's he's my dog. Him. Let me do it. <laughs> Are you going to take out old Vito out? You're going to take Vito out? She got No, no. <laughs> oh goodness, Shelby. Um, here's uh, George. George, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, it's 21 degrees in Niagara Falls. Niagara Falls! Slowly I turn, step by step, inch by inch. I'm sorry, uh, um, what's the, what's the uh, temperature there? Yeah, I'm, uh, this is really George from Jersey. I'm visiting Niagara Falls. And- Niagara Falls! <laughs> Slowly I turn, step by step, inch by inch. Now, um, it's what's the temperature? 21 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow. And it looks like South Park over here. It's basically six inches of snow until April. Has, uh, has the falls frozen? There's... Allegedly, I haven't been there. Allegedly, there's a bit of an ice bridge. Uh, usually around this time. Would you walk across of, the Niagara Falls ice bridge? Would that? Would you no, feel like first you could of all, customs will, customs will shoot you if you try that now. Nice fucking try. And, Go ahead. Why would someone from yeah. Canada shoot you from coming over? I'd be like this. Relax. No, I'm white, <laughs> like you. <laughs> you couldn't be any safer. They'll worry that you bring all a bunch of uh, cigarettes and beer over from America, where it's a lot cheaper. It really is? 
Yeah, it's like $35 for a 12-pack here, I think. Wow, maybe that's a, fucking insane. I had no idea. Yeah, Chris, right, you, you can afford to be an alcoholic fucking smoker there. That'd be horrible. I just blow my brains out. There, there's gun laws up there. You can't get a handgun. I guess I'll throw myself off the falls. No. Customs will shoot froze. you first. No, because then it's Superman will come down and grab you as you're almost falling down. Just let me die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for calling, George. Okay. Bye. Peace out. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll be talking about the great Sid Caesar, who passed away. And just about anyone he's ever met went on to have a gigantic career. I don't know whether we even have anyone to compare that to today. Um, somebody that's, you know, that's uh, a performer that so many people kind of went on from. Adam Sandler, he's brought in some people that have gotten popular. I'd say Lauren Michaels, but he's not a performer. But I think Adam Sandler might fit into that a little bit. Yeah, Judd Apatow, but he's not really a performer. I'd yeah, say. I think you got to be. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the uh, of what those guys did, you know, they were producers. Adams, th I think I thought people kind of got famous before he went. They went to that show, to his movies. I mean. You, you could put Jon Stewart in that category. That's a good one. That's actually the first really good one, although we're going to need a little more time. But the smartest and best fucking springboard that you could get right now is to be one of his uh, expert, uh, because they all go out and have great stuff. All right, Fez, you're going to get yourself a butterscotch crimpet. Yes. Oh. For being the person who came up with it. And see, one of you guys could be eating that if you came up with good ideas. Now, I'm going to break this in half oh, I... because of the fucking keyboard. I'm also going to squish it <laughs> oh. a little bit before I give it to you. All right. So now it's just crumbs and mush. Uh-huh. Pop that right in. But it's butterscotch crumbs and mush. It is. <laughs> Can't beat that. This is half the taste that I stole for the Ron Bennington. who uh, has got his own cupcake. Chicago's largest selling cupcake in the history of Chicago. Um, by the way, I, I do have some Molly's news, but I'm not going to say it on the air. I haven't gotten that permission yet. Very, Big things are happening, though. Very interesting. Oh, yeah. There's there's the world-famous cupcake. Ooh. Yeah. I can make that. No. I, oh, you're, you're a baker, right? Yeah, I could totally make that. You know who would be perfect with you? Brian Baker. Because you're a baker, and his last name is Baker. Or Vin Baker. Cool. I don't know him. I think he played for the Sonics a couple years ago. You love basketball. It's all, oh, it's he's a basketball about. player. Mm. Yeah. Okay. You know how the both of you guys crush on basketball players. <laughs> you, fucked that whole, you fucked that whole team up. They've lost like seven of eight since you got that guy's number. First of all, you don't talk they that way to a young lady. They won when they were here, lady. though. What? They won when they were here. Not not after that. Well, I'm the He got in his head after that. <laughs> By the way, you never sounded more ethnic in New York until you said, They won when they were here! <laughs> well, Rosie Perez is my mother! <laughs> we could actually do like a little parody of Do the Right Thing every morning here with her. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Safe zone. Safe zone. Safe zone. Even Rosie wished she didn't do that. All right, Mike... Um, from Molly's just uh, texted me to say, what are you doing? Don't say a word about it. I'm just going to give out a couple good things that is good news, and I'll leave it at that. It's great news. 
and then I'll stop it. But I was doing great too. But I'm not also not supposed to talk about that, and that's great. I shouldn't even talk about any of it. Dave's show is going to be on this Saturday. Very exciting. Yeah, there's uh huh. Ready to fucking chip in after all day, just watching the fucking show. What? He goes like he's like a fucking colleague. Somebody say Dave. <laughs> Somebody say Dave's name. Never act like that. You know how you get all excited when you hear your master's name. I have no master. <laughs> just because you're running around and have me clean doesn't mean that you don't have a master. I've heard None. that show. They call him the sports master, so you sort of do. Oh. He Shit. thinks he's the sports master. I don't call him that. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> oh, Dave, you better stop it. Now I got to run off and do a show with Bronx Johnny. Oh, Bronx Johnny, stop it. <laughs> uh, let's go over here to Greg in the Ron and Fez show. How you doing? Good, buddy. Yeah, I think uh, Jay Seinfeld has that power like Sid Caesar has. You got Terry Hatcher on there on the Seinfeld show. You got uh, Jeremy Piven, Brian Cranston. Well, I will say this: the Seinfeld girlfriends have done amazing. Yeah, amazing. Well, yeah. That's something we got to do a show on one day. Anyone on that show that dated Jerry went on to have a wonderful career. What happened? Something with your chair? <laughs> yeah, I was stuck, but I'm fine now. Vito, you don't even move to help her? No. I looked at him and he, look, he, he was staring right at you. He doesn't care. He really doesn't care. Yeah. She's she's like she likes just making me look bad. He was actually like this. Ron saying words. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to Ron. By the way, and I want you to take this back to your mom. It was lovely to have her in the audience the she other day. She was a big fan. She was so great to have in the audience. Talked to her about it last night. I was yeah. like, I was like, you got pumped when Henry Winkler said 78th and Broadway. She yeah. Was like, she goes, it's right here. That's <laughs> 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 really true. She heard a, a street that was close to hers and started jumping up and down yeah. and all happy. I like her hair. She's awesome hair. Someone was asking me if you were the, because it was on the radio, and they go, was Vito the one wearing the leather jacket? And I said, that would have been the funniest fucking thing in the world. <laughs> but some guy came to the Unmasked in kind of a Fonzie jacket, which is a little bit strange. Oddly strange. It's like showing up if you're going to see an Adam West and, and you're dressed in a Batman cape. But he got noticed right away. Right? He did. It worked. Yeah, it worked. And that's what's important to your generation, right? To get noticed. True. All right. Shelby brought this up today. Uh, I think it's a wire story, correct, Shelby? Yeah. About young people. Teens in this country are more stressed than adults. Now... Fez said that was the only time that he ever did feel comfortable. But I said that our generation didn't have the pressure on it that your generation have. You guys, when you were in your teen years, did you feel a lot of stress about college and stuff like that? Of course, of course. Still feel stressed, especially now with all the media outlets and, like, you know, you got these social networks out. Why does that stress you, though? Uh, it's just, it's crazy. What, what stresses you about social networks? The especially Instagram with the liking. Everybody, <laughs> oh my god! Everybody, everybody's trying to get at least like a hundred likes, and then there's these girls. Oh my goodness! You, I have to show you. God, show me something because I, I don't the, understand the, what it. girls wear or how they pose with their ass out to get at least two hundred likes. 
It's freaking ridiculous. Now, do you... Vito follows these girls. I follow Instagram whores. They're fun. Now, uh, do you know who they are that you're following? No, like... No one knows they who they are. They just pop up on your Instagram, and then Instagram whores put up other, like, Instagram pictures with girls? Instagram whores, and then you get, like, this whole collection. I, it's oh, like, damn, I left my phone. I it's like free... Me. Almost porn. Like, not porn, <laughs> but, like, you're just on your newsfeed. You're like, oh, there's a picture of my friend. Oh, there's a hot girl just showing her tits. Yeah. Like, or her ass. Like, or her it's ass. literally an ass pic. Now, why would you feel stressed to compete against those kind of girls? I don't know. It's You're just... a nice girl. What do you care if a bunch of people give you likes? You feel good about yourself. Why would you look <laughs> at the kind of people doing this? It's Vito. No, I don't like them. What makes you feel... Do you give them likes? No, I don't give them likes. I just look at it and I move on with my day. What? But that's you. Probably other people do give them likes. That's where they're like Instagram I, popular. All right, let me, let me ask you this. What makes you feel good about people saying... Because you get noticed. You get noticed through that. Like, there's so many Instagram famous people out there. But what is good about being noticed? You know, it's you not just like... You feel it, good. It's a good feeling. See, this is I'm, a totally... I'm not saying me, because not everybody doesn't think it's because of me, but, like, this is people also thinking that. Like, a lot of girls think this. They should so never saying, use I'm, the I'm word like. <laughs> it should maybe be acknowledge or just, you know, you... True. A view... When you use the word like, then people think that those people actually like them. It doesn't matter what word you use. It's it's just it's arbitrary. It's it's I'm ready to tell I would agree that it's just about the number itself. That you said you want to get a hundred likes and it doesn't matter whether it was a hundred likes, a hundred points. But I never see this is the thing. Um it doesn't matter out there how many people notice you. It's true, but... You only have I mean, the people in your life. This world, how it is right now, it's just crazy. But when you say this world, how it is, it's up to you how the world is. Huh? It's up to you yeah, what true. you want to I join mean, like, into. I don't... It doesn't bother me as much. Like, I'm not feeding for likes, but I know a lot of girls that... Do you have an Instagram up? I do. All right, let's see the pictures that you put up. Let's go to your Instagram. No! I don't want to see whether you're being a good girl or you're out there trying to fish it's, for likes. It's private, so you probably... Oh, uh, yeah, but go. you go hook it up for me so I can take a look at it. Oh, Lord. I would do it on this, but I don't have a keyboard on this, com- on this computer. I follow her on Instagram. All right, go ahead and let me see. That's her Instagram. Um... Oh my God, Norris! What the hell are you doing? Oh my God! It's not bad. No. Oh, don't go! Don't scroll because there's I'm a picture you probably won't like. I am not. Oh, that looks nice. This is your dad with you. Let me see. Yeah, that's my family right that's there. That's really uh, the your, your parents family. are fantastic. You got, you know what? You got 65 likes on that. And there you are in a nice dress with your dad. Is that your brother with your mom? That's my brother with my mom. That's a lot of likes. Well, that's the people that you want to like you. Of course. Yeah. Not random dudes on the internet. Okay, Norris? <laughs> I will- no, I don't add random people. I don't add random people. Add basketball players, though. Ooh. <laughs> There's a little too many selfies in here. For my thing, but you're being a good girl. I'm gonna put a pic with you. No, no, no. My uncle. I don't want you to be. Stay off that Instagram. 
Yeah, I want to be off the Instagram to off the Instagram grid. No, let's take a picture. Here's one that you just took of a slice of pizza. You like that? Yeah, but I've seen pizzas, and you only got thirty four likes for that. I don't think you think you got to be a little more impressive. <laughs> Probably me eating the pizza. Do you put any when you? Oh yeah, there's your famous uh, basketball player guy. <laughs> Is this the guy who asked you out? Which one? Right here, I won't say his name. Yeah. I can't get that. <laughs> right, here's what some of your friends said to you. You mad lucky meeting all them. <laughs> Where you work at that you're meeting all these stars. <laughs> oh, man. Love super tall, just so grand. <laughs> You know what that means? No. <laughs> I don't what? know what it means. Only <laughs> she means they're too, they're super tall, so they had a big. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. oh my god! That went bad. This is <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> and why aren't you eating your? She can't food? handle it. You know, <laughs> that's what she's saying. Um, I will also tell you this: when you have people who do, they'll also turn on you. The same people who give you likes will also turn on you someday. Yeah, I definitely know that. Yeah, you don't need to be on this Instagram. Why don't we look at Vito's Instagram? Yeah, all right, Vito, let me see your Instagram. Yours is pretty nice, though. I'm not worried about you. You're a good girl. Those friends of yours, though, they're talking about all sorts of things. And you got a nice family. Don't, you know, don't go out there on Instagram and embarrass them. Yeah, I love my parents. That's great that you have that. I love them so much. All right, there's pictures of wrestlers. <laughs> <laughs> it's me and DDP is my profile picture. He could probably put his up there. And you're doing the diamond cutter. I went up to him to take a picture with him. I put my arm around him, and he goes, put it up, brother. And he makes me put up the diamond cutter with him. It was one of the best moments of my life. That's sad. <laughs> That's the saddest thing. You also have pictures of yours. There's another picture of you that looks like Foghorn Leghorn. Yes, it was Foghorn Leghorn. Oh, you know what it is? When well, you have more than a thousand pi- likes, right? Or something, you get into the popular page. I've never oh tried my god! Yeah, I'm not once you popular. get like a thousand or more, you get into the popular page. I have like twenty-seven. So likes everybody tops. could see it. Huh? I have like twenty-seven likes tops. It's the most likes I've ever gotten. And I was really happy with that. I like I'm your not pics. selfish. You did like my pics, thank you. I did. Right, here's just a close-up of your penis. <laughs> Vito. I hope it's yours. <laughs> Are you trolling again? There's a lot of wrestling pictures in here. <laughs> and one, just you all badass with a pair of sunglasses on. I was, uh, I was at a rave. <laughs> I was under the influence. <laughs> your mom doesn't know about that, does she? There's all your friends dressed like NWO. Yes. Wolfpack? No, no, just classic. Oh, you know, I know a funny story. When I was like in seventh grade, I was obsessed with The Rock. And I had a locker, right? So I went to the library, and I cut out all the, the rock photos and just put it on my locker. So my whole locker was full of the rock. Jeez. Oh, my God. I loved him so much. You were really cool. <laughs> you were a terrible story. My whole locker. I did the same thing with the rock in eighth grade. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, He's but his was hot. the rock in Gibraltar. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we need to break here. We're going to come back and talk about Sid Caesar. But again, here's what good kids these are, and they really are. They're both good kids. They came in here in the middle of a, a blizzard. I, you know, everyone always bitches about young people, but look at them. This is amazing to me. I love it. Shelby made it. Chris Stanley, he always makes it. 
Fez Watley in the house. It's the Run of Fez show, middle of a blizzard. We come back, we'll be talking about one of the great comedy stars of all time. And maybe the beginning of the kind of comedy that got done on TV, the kind of sketch comedy that's still being done on TV today. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Raw Dog. Serious XM. Comedy. Hits. Channel 99. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash on demand. Enjoy Kings. Enjoy electronic cigarettes. The entire country is stuck in endless winter. It doesn't feel good to go outside and smoke. Have an enjoy indoors. Enjoy indoors. Uh, I'm inside today. They've been on my enjoy. And the guys, I walked past them out front in the middle of a blizzard. Wind blowing. There's also like little pieces of... uh, and they're the only people that are outside because they've been forced because of our society to be uncomfortable. Now we've gotten around that. There's nothing anyone can say to you. And you know what you get out of this, Fez, that you don't get in other places? Satisfaction. Satisfaction from the Enjoy King and the most realistic electronic cigarette on the market. It's the same almost. It's honestly... If it's the same experience. Somehow they were able to put together an electronic cigarette that actually feels like paper. Has the paper feel to it, the same weight as a regular cigarette, plus the great flavors from their master flavorist. I don't know how they pulled it off, because honestly, I would have been, I would have expected to see the Terminator before a product like this. I thought if we were going to move ahead, you'd have cyborgs. Chris, you still enjoy your enjoys? I love enjoys. I'm smoking one right now. Enjoy Kings, they have the menthol, they have the regular tobacco flavors, the classic. Enjoy King in bold, also that's available, and available in singles and the convenient five-pack. We're keeping Enjoy going the whole show now. Yeah, and no one, and it's now become commonplace, where electronic cigarettes, you see more people with those than actual cigarettes, I think, anymore. Especially around here at Sirius XM. It's Enjoy King at participating retailers nationwide in the single and money-saving five-packs. Friends don't let friends smoke. Introduce your pals to the only electronic cigarette we're switching to, the Enjoy King. I enjoy it. That's what I say. I call it an enjoy. What do you call it? Enjoy? Enjoy. I always say enjoy. You know why? Why? Pure enjoyment. Real, Real look, real feel, real flavor, the Enjoy King. On Raw Dog. Serious XM Comedy Hits. Channel 99. Thank you for calling the Ron and Fez show. No one is currently available to screen your call. Please hold, and Ron and Fez will be right with you. Please stand by for your unscreened calls. Unscreened phone calls. Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. Unscreened phone calls. Shelby, hold my dick. Unscreened phone calls. We're going to say you're about a size 14. Unscreened phone calls. Fez Watley subscribes to a, a service called Pink Apron. Last night he made a cum sandwich. Unscreened phone calls. Can you quack like a duck when you suck? Unscreened phone calls. Hey, this is Pepper Hicks' dad. The other day I saw some young black men on the street. I said, yo, what's up, young blood? Where the Jimmy's at? We need to score some H. Unscreened phone calls. Yeah, does your large plain pie have pepperoni on it? Unscreened phone calls. Shelby, I want to take your little penis and put it in my mouth. Mm, baby, yeah. 
Chicago. The Ron and Fez Show, weekdays starting at noon Eastern. On Raw Dog, Sirius XM Comedy Hits 99. Ron and Fez on Raw Dog, Sirius XM Comedy Hits Channel 99. It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. You can give us a call at any point. We're going to get into talking about one of the real kings of comedy, the great Sid Caesar passing away, uh, and his legacy, uh, tons of tons of great uh, people who wrote for him or performed with him at one time or another. And someone wrote to me, oh, you guys are going to do an homage to um, Sid Caesar. How can you have a guy on your show who's supposedly a comedian who leaves a remark like he did on his Twitter? Uh, Shelby, I don't follow you on Twitter. I do get the complaints about what you say. What exactly did you say? I think I just said I didn't really know who he was. I don't... (laughs) See what the problem is. I, 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 why don't I you just read? Fun. Why don't you just read it to us? People follow other people's Twitters and they got offended by him, folks. I'm really deep in mourning, pretending to know who Sid Caesar is. One week Twitter suspension from Shelby. How is that? I, just, I don't know who he Your is. Your show. You're supposed to be prepping a fucking Sid Caesar thing here today, and you do shit like that. Um. And this comes from the top. All the comedy stations are doing a thing for um, for Sid. Uh, let's go over some of the names that Sid Caesar had on his show, as well as uh, some clips that were sent to us. Who uh, sent them over, Fez, and what are they? Uh, Morale and sent them to us from uh, the Comedy Channels. And... It's clips of Mel Brooks from his uh, one of his DVD documentaries talking about his time with Sid Caesar, how he met Sid Caesar, and when it, you know when they were discussing when Sid Caesar was one of the biggest stars in television. All right, let's take a listen to some of this. Anyway, I came home from the war. Meanwhile, someone discovers Sid Caesar in the Coast Guard. They do a little Coast Guard show called Tars and Spars, a little musical. Someone sees it and says, this is a movie, someone from Columbia. They make a Columbia picture with Alfred Drake, Janet Blair, and who's the comedy relief in this little picture, little movie? Sid Caesar. And he's doing really magnificent stuff, a pinball machine. I mean, with design. He's just, I saw it, I loved it, and I, I asked Don, and Don said, well, he, you know, you want to meet him? They used to work with me in the mountains. And uh, how can I meet him? He's at the Copacabana. He's opening tonight. Well, so there's a little background of how Mel Brooks hooked up with uh, Sid Caesar. I imagine if you all you really did is say, okay, Mel Brooks was one of the writers of my show. But there was a lot bigger than that. You had uh, Neil and Danny Simon both wrote for him, right? Yeah. Now, both of them went on to make hit TV shows, as well as in the case of Neil, um, plays and movies, and was considered probably for... 25, 30 years to be the 
kind of New York playwright of his time, comedy playwright of his time. Uh, Carl Reiner was on the show, and actually from those experiences went on to start the Dick Van Dyke show, which was probably the Jerry Seinfeld of its day. Oh, absolutely. You know, it was the Seinfeld yeah. show. Yeah, and and you would think, based on what he did with Sid Caesar, where it was a TV show about a variety show. Yeah, you don't have to think about it. It literally was. He actually said that right down to the screaming, angry uh, guy who was running stuff. Because apparently, Sid came in like a house of fire every day. What are these fucking scripts? Blah, blah, blah. If there's a couple of great movies that have been written from these experiences. One... Um, is uh, my favorite year, which I think was produced by Mel Brooks. Yeah, although we didn't write it, and the other was Laughter on the Twenty uh, Seventh Floor or something like that. And it's about both of these are basically about the writing teams, and the um, and then the madness of when Caesar would come in demanding stuff. He would either be the funniest guy in the world or completely panicked because he was the one getting the pressure from the network and you know if anything came up you know if any of these writers did something stupid he was the guy that had to hear the shit for it uh and then of course shit would roll downhill so a lot of those guys would act like they weren't paying attention why don't you guys switch out so i could have somebody uh who gives a fuck um move like a fast person uh, go back into some of the other people who were a part of this. Um, you had Mel Tolkien, who was went on from Sid Caesar's, Sid Caesar's show to writing All in the Family, the, sto- the writer and story editor for All in the Family in the 70s. So just 20 years later, he's gone on to do one of the most groundbreaking comedies in television. But that wasn't his, was it? He was the he was the creator of that. Oh, no, I mean Norman Lear was the creator, but he right. was the writer on it. Well, there was a lot of writers on the show. Uh, give me some of the other names, Chris. Oh, some of the people that that worked with him were um, Howard Morris, Nanette Fabray. Mel- well, those were people on the on the show with him, but some of the other writers. Mel Tolkien. Oh, what did he end up doing? All in the Family as a writer. I don't believe so. Yeah, Fez was just saying it. Um, Sheldon Keller and Larry Gelbart. Well, Larry Gelbart, I, I know worked with Sid, but I don't think that he... I'm not sure that he worked on the show of shows. I might be wrong about that. But he was the creator and uh, writer of uh, MASH, the television series. So let's play a little bit more of the great Mel Brooks. What's wrong? Shelby doesn't know how to get to it? It's loaded. Does Fez know how to get to it? I have it loaded up. Anyway, I came home from the war. Meanwhile, so, and I discovers very close to the place because what Sid did, he never did James Cagney or Humphrey Bogart, but he would do a little Jew on a subway saying, we got to strike. If we don't strike, we'll be damaged. We, I mean, he would, just, he would just make up characters and do them. And he was thrilling. And I said to him, you know, you got to do something. You know, you've you got to do movies. I'll write them. You know, let's do movies. Got a little bit more of Mel Brooks talking about his experiences here uh, 
writing for Sid Caesar? We were writing and really good. And Sid Caesar was a bona fide genius. He could do any voice. He could do any, any accent. He had rhythm. He had power. He had timing. He was just, he was a great actor who acted comedy. So we, we did it. He signed a two-year contract and he got $5,000 a show. In those days, we're talking 50 to 51, 51 to 52. 5000 a show. And, and we wrote a show in a given week. He was getting $5,000 a week. I was, I was getting $50 a week from Sid and I went to $100 a week on the first. And then I went to 150 on the second. One of the um, other things to go, just to let you know how uh, far back some of this goes, is that some of the guys that were in the hall would be like Woody Allen, um, and I think even uh, there was like three or four of these young, young writers. They would all be kids, and they would be sitting in the hall, and they would, if they couldn't get a joke in the room, they would go out in the hall and say, any of you guys got a, a, a gag for this? And they told, they called them the kids in the hall, and that's where the kids in the hall eventually took their name from. Here's uh, Blowhard. Blowhard, how big would you say this show was? Oh, without a doubt, a probably one of the top besides Milton Berle in the early days of television. But also much smarter than the Milton Berle show. Like, exactly. Milton was Milton going for the real lowbrow humor, and Sid Caesar and his writers were aiming really high. And the thing about, I loved, I used to watch the reruns of uh, your show of shows. They don't show them anymore. But Imogene Coker, his Best. female partner yeah. on the show, a hilarious woman. And the skits, it was just like a early version of SNL in a way. Like they would just do Oh, yeah. In a lot of ways, you could say that Gilda Radner was, had kind of picked up from Emma Jean Coca. You could look blue. She would have been able to play Sid Caesar in a heartbeat. Um, I'm surprised that someone like Shelby, who's a, you know, a guy who's into comics and history, never heard of Sid Caesar because your show of shows was like the, the archetype of what TV was. And in those days, you didn't have a lot of choices like we had in the 60s, but it was worse. So the streets were empty when his show was on. People would rush home to same with Uncle Milty, and you wouldn't see people out in the streets. People would just run home to watch these programs. And the ensemble, the people he would bring on, like you said, the writers, everybody could be traced back in the New York TV scene in the early days to Sid Caesar and your show of shows. It was just such, just the pioneer, the Babe Ruth of television, without a doubt. And, you know, he, he lived a long life, and he did a few cameos later on in some, you know, really bad movies. But I don't even think he got his due as being the comic genius that he Well, did. again, this will actually happen sometimes if you are not part of something that... that um that is going to have that shelf life. And, and one of the real excitement, if you go up and look on the iBank, uh, Leslie's put together a great thing with him, and then also some of the clips. The parody piece of the This Is Your Life, you've never heard a television audience laughing like that. Killed. Uh, yeah. There was so many of these things uh, that just absolutely destroyed... And the fact that those were guy, those were the guys who was there first, um, 
it's all you actually have to go out of your way to say everything that came after it was at least based on it. Even at the very least, they say, look, we don't want to end up doing it that way. We're going to go in another direction. And I think I read somewhere that a lot of the shows aren't available because they were on kinescopes and or over the years they were neglected and destroyed. So a lot of his work, unfortunately, uh, bit the dust. But there are a lot of episodes. Um, PBS would sometimes have a marathon and do a special I think there was an American Master special about him, and but they would show these clips, and like I said, it was like a precursor to, to SNL, and way ahead of its time. And just like you said before, it's true. Milton Berle would put on a dress, act goofy, and would appeal to the average working guy, you know, average mind. But this guy was so sharp, cerebral, and clever in his comedy. It, I discovered it. I. I read up on him when I was a kid, and then I remember watching it on PBS at a marathon. I'm like, what the hell is this? And even as a young kid, I appreciated how talented and how funny the show was. And like I said, Imogene Coca, she doesn't get her due in uh, history as a woman in the early days of comedy. She was one of the first women who really killed on television. Um. All right, we'll go over even some of this stuff, like uh, Woody Allen wrote for him, of course, Mel Brooks, who we've been playing today, the Mel Token, became a writer and story editor, uh, Danny Simon, who would write uh, for shows like Make Room for Daddy, and then another show that kind of became heavily influenced, uh, the Carol Burnett Show, um, Larry Gelbart wrote a funny thing that happened on the way to the Foreman Forum, uh, nominated for Best Original Screenplay for Tootsie, and created the adaption of MASH. Sid Caesar, who uh, was leaned very heavily on Carl Reiner, who did a bunch of films with Steve Martin, um, and also created the Dick Van Dyke Show. Um, the, the list goes on and on and on. It's really stunning. Uh, here's Tom in Madison. How you doing, Tom? Hey, buddies. Awesome, awesome break here, Ronnie. Yeah, Phil Silver. I, I think Phil Silver's might have been like a crossover between Milty and, and Sid in a way, but Imogene Coca, it's so awesome that, that Blowhard brought her up. I swear, Ronnie, when I watch uh, the Elaine Bennis character, some of the facial expressions that Julie Louise Dreyfus makes, uh, and Carol Burnett foremost as well, but I see Imogene Coca in Elaine Bennis. It was Unbelievable! That stuff is unbelievable, and it wasn't corny. It was, it was something that people that, like you were saying, would think, would think about. I think you can transcribe some of those skits from the day right over to some of the stuff that we see now. It's it would be amazing. really interesting to take some of those skits and try to do them for today for people Shelby's age that had no idea of where they came from, because some of these things are just... It's like a murderer's row that took on. And I think they did it for like an hour and a half, two hours. Something crazy, because they had no idea how much time you were supposed to be on. But at the very least, make sure that you go out and see a couple movies. It's uh, Laughter on the... 23rd floor. 23rd floor. Thank you for looking that up for me. Uh, it's really, really funny and kind of a heartbreaking show. And I'm really one of my favorite uh, movies, uh, which is my favorite year. Um, but, uh, thanks a lot, dude. Let's go over to John. John in Tennessee, you're on the Run and Fest show. Hey, this is just one redneck from Tennessee's opinion, but... Uh Sid Caesar in the movie Grease 
Dave was the funniest character playing the coach, the high school coach. It's like, and you know, that was like long after his thing, and it was, um, for me, it was somewhat odd to see him in that place, though. Uh, we got any more, Mel? Any more of the clips? We have two more, two more right, clips. Let's take a listen to this. Danny Kay, you said, yeah, Danny Kay, he's a big star. Red Skelton, big star. Bob Hope, big star. Why? They're in the movies. We're on television. Milton Berle will never be remembered. And he's good. You are great. And you'll never be remembered because you're on television. I'm talking about a kind of show business immortality. He said, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm talking. I said, we got to give your notice now for the last six shows. And you've got to say, I'm not resigning. I love this. Thank you for the 5000 a week. I'm going to take my chances. I said, you're the biggest star in America now. Never made that crossover in the movies. Uh, let's listen a little bit more. Mr. Mel Brooks talking about Sid Caesar. So he said, okay, so he told him. And uh, he said, well, they'll let me out to do every other year. So they'll let me do a movie. I said, okay, if that's the only way, if that's the only way, at least you'll do, you'll have a few movies before you die. They'll say, oh, yeah, Sid Caesar. You know, it's like Bob Hope. They'll know the name. So a couple of weeks pass, and he calls me, and he says, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to go out and stay here. And my wife is here. And he says, I can't, I can't, I couldn't say no to it. I could, what couldn't you say no to? He said, they're offering me $25,000 a show. He said, I could never get it. And I said, no, you couldn't, but you could get a, you know, a measure of immortality. So but that was it. And he never, he never made the movies. He made some, some silly movies later, you know, but not when he was that powerful, not when he was, not when he could get them written for him, tailored for him, you know, that I, that I could do. That breaks my heart to hear uh, Mel Brooks t- talking that way. And here's Mel Brooks talking about his hero. And Mel Brooks became a household name. Mel Brooks became the biggest name in comedy. And Sid Caesar, if you look at a guy like uh, Shelby, who acts like he's a comedy nerd, has no idea who that is. He knows how who some fucking middle act in Akron is this weekend, but doesn't know who the... The king was Sid Caesar. Uh, check out some of this stuff on the iBang we put together. Uh, Leslie wrote up a beautiful thing. Earl also wrote his version of it. Um, Fez, you put something up or you decided not to? No, I, d- I did not put something up. Okay. Um, but a couple of really great pieces up on that. And uh, we'll be right back. It's the Ron and Fez Show. Ron and Fez. On Raw Dog. Raw Dog.
It's the Ron and Fez Show, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Here's David in Virginia. You're on the Ron and Fez Show. Hey, Ron, you mentioned the parody of This Is Your Life called This Is Your Story that was in your show of shows. I think that's the funniest sketch there ever was. It's up on the iBang, and I was re-watching it yesterday. Leslie put it up, and I have to agree with you. And the laughter in that room was beyond anything that you could ever uh, that you could ever imagine being on TV today. Well, it's interesting. When I heard Sid Caesar dive yesterday, I put that up on my Facebook page, and I saw later in the day a couple comedians had also mentioned that one as a great influence, including Conan O'Brien, who saw it in that film. I think it was called Ten from your show of shows that had some of the clips. He saw it as a kid. He said that was the skit that did it. And you know, with Howie Morris playing Uncle Goofy, I believe it's unbelievable. And- you know who else? Uh, if you even listen to the way that the Uncle Goofy thing uses his voice, it reminds me very much of Albert Brooks. Oh. They- I, I could I could see that it was it was it was wonderful. They were so good, and Carl Reiner so cool as playing the Ralph Edwards part there. I think they called it "This Is Your Story," not "This Is Your Life," but hilarious, absolutely it's, hilarious. It's, uh, yeah, Carl Reiner nails it, just nails it. It's really really brilliant stuff. Th- thanks for doing this tribute. It's wonderful. Absolutely, eight six six Ron zero Fez eight six six Ron zero Fez. Uh, the tribute, of course, was Tim Sabian's idea. He's a, a fan as well. And everybody on the comedy channels here, gigantic fan of uh, Sid Caesar's. And it's, um, it's just really strange sometimes when people live a long time. There's less, obviously, there's less of an impact. If this guy was at his height and died, it would have been like when Kennedy died. <laughs> but enough time went by, and people have no sense of history at all, uh, particularly when it comes to comedy. A lot of times they'll just sit there and just let it pass by, locked up. But in the case of this, he had the respect and love of his peers, and those same people went on and did tons of work um, all over. Alright. Sid Caesar, if you want to check out some of this, it's um, over on the iBang. Over on the iBang today. Um, I was actually talking to our friend Jeffrey Gurian about uh, Sid Caesar last night. and Jeffrey has this long long history at the Friars Club and uh, maybe the next time we'll, we get him to stop in we'll go over a million different uh, of stories that he's heard about Sid or whatever. There was a, a Sid Caesar story that I believe Mel Brooks told. Uh, Sid had this incredible, incredible temper and was in some kind of a, a traffic jam pile up, just regular New York shit. Two cars pull up in front of each other, and no one can go. And Sid jumps out of the car like a lunatic because the guy's yelling at him. And then the guy just sees this big dude coming at him because he was a big guy back in the days. And this is when they used to have those like little vents in a car, like you didn't have to roll down the window, but you could just open up the vent if yeah. you look back into those 1950s cars. And Sid fucking reached in through that vent because the guy had locked his door and rolled up the window. And he reached his arm in from that vent and started to pull the guy. And he screams at him, we are now going to recreate your birth. And was attempting 
to fucking yank him through <laughs> this little six-inch vent that was there. Uh, amazing stuff. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. It is the Ron and Fez show. Um, Chris Stanley, there was a vaporizer story in the news that you were interested in. Yeah, a dude in Florida. His wife goes into labor. She's at the hospital. She's having the kid. She's in the throes of it. So he goes out to the waiting room of the hospital to hit a vaporizer, to hit his, hit his pen, his weed vaporizer. The, f- the hospital finds him, busts him up, calls the cops, and this guy gets busted, dragged into jail for hitting a, a weed vaporizer in a hospital in a hospital waiting room. When I've smoked weed vaporizers, it doesn't smell like weed. It looks like a vaporizer. I have a. It was like like that Enjoy cigarette. So what's your point? That the guy should be able to sit there in a fucking state where le- weed isn't legal, and instead of supporting his wife and his new child, should be sitting in the vape in the um, waiting room vaping. Everyone deals with stress differently. How about this? Deal with it by being a stand-up fucking guy and getting your fucking shit done. This is the time for you to do your responsibilities. Your child is coming into the world. Uh, your wife is in pain and needs your help and support and coaching. you got to be a mensch. you got to get up out of that room and do it. No excuses. No pointing at other people. Just do it. How the fuck did the time this is happening? Suppose this. You know what else is a stressful situation? Yeah. Your house is on fire and your kids are trapped upstairs. Do you sit down and fucking vape then? If it, you think it'll help your brain. Seriously, is that, is that going to help your brain? Or are you the stupidest motherfucker in history? Being honestly, do you honestly think it's a smart idea to smoke marijuana while your kids are burning inside a house? No, you should run in and grab them. Your fucking wife is pushing a baby through her vagina and you're vaping in the other room yeah waiting room i am not fucking defending this guy (laughs) you want to legalize marijuana sure but i also like watching fucking football games and the guy should be watching a football game why his wife he's not gonna yell out honey it's the bears his wife is having a baby be a fucking stand-up guy you know there comes a certain point in your life where you got to stop wearing the fucking hat backwards, and you got to say to yourself, I'm going to move into adulthood. I'm going to be a man. And a man does not sit there getting high while his wife is fucking having a baby. Nor should he be the guy that we run to in our guy code bullshit that everybody does and say, hey, this is a great idea. Did I, Chris Stanley? Yeah. I'm ashamed of you for defending this guy. I'm ashamed of you. Now I feel bad. I don't want you to feel ashamed. I'm ashamed of you not only as a man. Yeah. I'm ashamed of you as my illegitimate son. Wait, wait. Wh- wh- what? You've destroyed my heart. Wait, what was that What was that second part? As you're my illegitimate son. You're my dad? Illegitimately. <laughs> but still, that's technically... It's legally. That still technically means you're my dad. It's DNA. <laughs> Let's take it to court. I'll go anytime I can. Uh, John, Kentucky, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey there, Ron and Fez. It's just a sad day. You're disappointed in Chris Stanley like that. I can't believe him. Yeah, I can't believe it either. 
it's just it's just I don't know what to do. Hey, Ronnie B. Um, another tragic news. Uh, did you hear about the uh, Corvette Museum here in Kentucky? Big ass sinkhole opens up in the middle of the showroom. They looked like five rare Corvettes. Yeah, I did see that story. It was out the other day. And then they were showing stuff like uh, of this underneath. But did we used to have this many sinkholes in the country? I don't remember. And now this country's turning into Swiss cheese. This is like that Dan Aykroyd movie. Remember when Chevy Chase and Demi Moore just went into that place? That was just fucking... Yeah, and uh, Digital Underground was there, Tupac... Nothing but trouble. Nothing but trouble. It's a fine show. Um, I think there were as many sinkholes, but now there's just more things built. I just don't remember sinkholes everywhere. Like, I remember there being sinkholes in Florida, but not in places like Kentucky. There was places where it would flood a lot that you would get a sinkhole, mainly Florida, but now they're all over the place. Like, we're losing half of the United States of America. As it collapses inside on itself. So, yeah, this is with the crazy winters, the really strong hurricanes, the flooding. Yeah, it's all climate change. Just throw, just throw Corvettes getting eaten alive on top of that. Kind of stalled out there. This weekend here on Raw Dog, it is the Jimmy Fallon Unmasked. Jimmy Fallon takes over the Tonight Show, starts his reign on Monday at midnight on NBC. So we will have the Unmasked that Jimmy did not long after he took over Late Night. That's going to be this Saturday at 8 p.m. on Raw Dog, 8 p.m. Eastern, with replays at 3 p.m. and 9 p.m. in the East on Sunday. And that was all I had. I'm going to actually go back and listen to that. I haven't heard that in a long time. He was very, very funny in that unmask. And I remember that I uh, I think it was when we sat down and I, I did something where I went to point at him and then he thought that I was trying to shake his hand and hug him and it made for a really <laughs> unusual moment. Um, here is... Uh, let me go over here to Darren. Darren in Kentucky. How you doing, Darren? Hey, Ronnie. Yeah, I was going to tell you the area that the, the Corvette Museum is in. Mm-hmm. That's by uh, Mammoth Cave. So there's caves all through that area. So it, it kind of doesn't surprise me living around here. But uh, yeah, there's just tons of caves in that area. Maybe that's one of the things we could have checked on before we chamed it on, uh, blamed it on climate change. But, um, yeah, that's all I have. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Big, big news here in New York City as the captain, Derek Jeter, says, This is my last year that I will be playing professional baseball. I am taking a tour 
everyone come out and give me cars and pianos <laughs> and tell me how much you love me and tell me how good I've been for baseball. He's kept it classy up until the very last moment. How old is Jeter now? He's 39. Jeter's is he that old? Yeah, I believe he's, yeah, he's, he's 39. 39 years old, so you can't hope to push it much longer than this. Even though, Chris, I know that you're really sad as a Yankees fan. It's, it's crazy. It's time. It's time for him to go. <laughs> you know, in the back of my head, they were talking about the beginning of last season. He could beat Rose's, he could become the hit king. If he no just way. kept it up for like five more years. Five more years is unbelievable. That couldn't happen. The body gives out. And By the way, five more years at what? Uh, 180 fucking hits a year? That's, yeah, 180. You couldn't get further away. So how many hits does fucking he have? He's about 1,500 away. Do you understand that that would be... If he's 1,500, that's uh, about seven 200 fucking hit seasons. More than seven. <laughs> I know. That's... 200 hits a season is awesome. He's nowhere fucking near that record. That's why I said it was in the back of my head. I was hoping maybe this it maybe could happen. It should have been so far in the back of your head it was in your ass. <laughs> That's how far in the back of your head it could be. I should have shot this idea out. Awful. All right, Jeter was a thousand away. Excuse me. He was a thousand hits away. So I was That's hoping. still five seasons of 200 fucking hits. Now, while, we, while you're nodding yes to me, yeah. go and check your stats. Tell me the number of 200-hit seasons Cheaters had in his career. All right. Because you're looking at him, by the way, to do that right up to 44 years old. <laughs> All right. He's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight 200-hit seasons. One, two seasons ago. The season before, he only played. Okay. How many of them were in a row? He had... you're asking for five in a row <laughs> at the end of his career. He had two stretches of... Three seasons in a row of 200 in a row. Okay, so you're asking for him to do something five in a row that he's never done throughout his career. That's why the fucking hitting record, to me, I think this one might be, you know, Pete Rose's record might never be touched. I'll give you another record I don't think is ever going to be touched. I don't think anybody will get close to Emmett Smith ever again because they don't run backs like that anymore. We might not even get another 10,000-yard guy. No, that can't happen. Cy Young will never be beaten. That complete game. That thing. was fucking made up as it was. <laughs> I think he ended up winning, what, 500 games in his life? Yeah, some crazy amount. And, like, complete games, too. It was fucking ridiculous. Yeah, but that's back, you know, pre-1800s. <laughs> I mean, when you're really, you know, I'm going to give you DiMaggio's 61 as a modern record. But you know, right. those other ones. His win-loss, Cy Young's win-loss was 511 wins. 316 losses. I mean, it'll be unbelievable if we ever even have another pitcher pitch for 500 fucking games, let alone get 500 wins. That's never, ever going to happen. You can, no. that, Not even with medicine being what it is, where they give them a fucking new joint. But these games were like fucking softball games back then. <laughs> fucking dead ball era. Mm, nothing mattered. <laughs> you just got it over. You were a good pitcher. Derek leaving is so ridiculously sad. He's been my shortstop for 20 years. But it does leave it open that they can get in a young guy at shortstop or even bring eight when A-Rod comes back because he is coming back. And, and then, and I heard he's this. never playing baseball again. No, I heard on ESPN that you will never see him back and the, the, that, um, that the union doesn't want him back. He'll be back because he wants that $60 million. 
He wants he, he has sixty million left on the contract. He had eighty, but since he's out for this season, that's twenty gone. So he has three more seasons after this at sixty million dollars. He's leaving on the table. But I mean, I've heard that they don't want him back in the game. <laughs> the Yankees don't want him. Major League Baseball doesn't want him. And the players' union doesn't want him. Nobody fucking wants him. Surprised about the union, not surprised about everyone else. Why well, he sued the fucking union? He had his right to sue the union because he and thought he was Why are you surprised right. they don't want him? You're not using any logic today, Chris. Why don't you do this? Just fucking smoke weed for the next fucking. Uh, and then hit five hundred, hit two hundred fucking hits for five years in a row. Um. Now, I want to take you to the last game of the season. Uh, grandstand prices. This is your chance to say goodbye to no. Derek Jeter. Okay. Grandstand. Sitting in the grandstand in sure. the fucking bleachers. $11,000 a seat. <laughs> what? That's what it's going for now. My God! Now, here's what I'm laughing at anybody fucking spending the 11000 a seat. What if he fucking blows his knee out in fucking June? <laughs> now you got $11,000 fucking general admission seat. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Eleven grand. Now, how much a bleacher seat is? Ten bucks. On really any given game. Um, Jim, in Los Angeles, California, home of the doors. Hey, uh, I actually wanted to say, if you guys are talking records, uh, Jerry Rice's receiving records, um, just absolutely untouchable. The gap between him and number two is insane. The difference is, though, that the game is going to receivers now, you know? So there... It might swing back the other way, given Seattle's recent success with defense. I don't know. If you just look at passing, you know, that's one team's, but let's face it, you could fucking play fucking pitch and catch the rest of the season. So I would worry about that. I mean, I do admit that, that Rice is, and he hung around so long, and he played angry, which is the best way a guy can play. Just yeah. furious at other people all the fucking time, feeling like he was being let down uh, by his own team. Uh, and then somehow kept going. But what is the difference between him and number two? I think uh, Jerry Rice is somewhere in the 40,000s, and I think number two, uh, I can't remember who the second uh, career receiving T.O. yard is. He's 7,000 behind him. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Like, Where's the next the- fucking um, living, working player? Yeah. He'd be uh, Reggie Wayne at 11th. No, that ain't going to happen. He ain't going to move <laughs> yeah. up. All right, I'm going to give you the Jerry Rice. Seems like it has. I'll give you another one I don't think is ever going to be broken. Even with the three-point shot at, no one's going to get close to Wilt's fucking one-game 100 points. Oh, yeah. If somebody hits, you know, 65 points, it makes the fucking papers, you know? Well, Carmelo hit, like, what, 62 or 64, like, a couple weeks ago. And everybody went crazy. It was like, this is the, you know, now now they're saying MVP or at least, you know, offensive, gives an, off- an offensive title for this season. Off of one game. No, Car- Carmelo Anthony and the Knicks are a train wreck. Everybody... Most of my adult life has thought the Knicks are coming back. <laughs> and it's because New York media is relentless. And now that there's like internet journalism, and now there's, as opposed to the beat writers, now there's every a guy will have a website and just write about the Knicks full time. 
Yeah, I don't read those. It, it, oh, I'm it stuck pumps. listening, watching mass media. Where fucking Lupica is showing up, saying this could be the year of the Mets. <laughs> Lupica had a headline uh, yesterday, after it was in the afternoon, after the, uh, Jeter announced his retirement, that he was the greatest Yankee of all time. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're, you're fucking jumping the gun a little bit here. All right, let's just think, who would you, I mean, greatest Yankee of all time, because you could be any baseball fan, and look at, you got to look at DiMaggio, you got to look at Ruth, Garrick, um, you got to look at the Mick. Yeah. And then, Jeter, is there anyone else I'm really... Yogi Bear. You got to put Yogi Bear in that list. Reggie Jackson? I don't put Reggie Jackson in that list. Not he's not. Reggie Jackson was great for the Yankees, but he's not like the guys we just said. He's not. A, he's not in that thing. And Reggie knows the same thing. He didn't play there long enough. He yeah. didn't have that connection long enough. He was. You know, he was kind of the A-Rod if A-Rod would have paid off. You know what I mean? Like, A-Rod, no matter what he would have done, would never have caught Jeter. You know what I mean? Because he wasn't a born and raised Yankee, and he didn't have that history with the fans. So you're going to put Jeter in the fucking list... Your problem is being there at the top. Yeah, I mean, I, I love Jeter, but no one's going to take out Babe Ruth or Lou Gehrig. There's just, it's just, for this franchise, there's no one. It's Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig are number one, number two. I don't know. A lot of people put the Mick, and a lot of people put DiMaggio. I'd say DiMaggio and, and Mick are, are interchangeable at three. And I love Mickey Mantle. I made my parents take me to his restaurant as a small child. I'll take you up here today after the fucking thing is right there. Oh, nice. I don't. I think you've been there once, right? Well, I've been there yeah, once. Okay, you've been there more than Mick. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't give a shit about that. I hope so much to see him when I, when, I, when my parents took me there. Oh, that's like, that's fucking sweet. You're like a little idiot, huh? <laughs> what? If, if, all right. If you're a kid, what do you think he's gonna be fucking cooking burgers? Oh, gladhead and hanging out, come to the table, say hi. This is great. Almost like you know, it, greeter. Since you loved him. The worst thing that could have happened for you was meeting him. <laughs> oh, did you see the HBO? There was like an HBO short documentary on him. And it was like 75% about the booze and the liver transplant. And almost nothing about the fucking baseball. That's what we do now. There was so That's much there with now. the baseball. All right, I get it. He fucking went through a liver, whatever. So even as much as you like, you don't think he approaches Garrick and... Uh, I think Garrick... Because of the number of things. Where do you put Yogi in that then? I'd say Yogi... All right, you got Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, the Mick, DiMaggio, Yogi, Derek Jeter. I mean, that's top ten. It's not top five, but it's the Yankees. You know, by the way, you don't have the closer, the great fucking closer in this. Mariano is seventh or sixth, rather. You don't have Whitey Ford. Whitey Ford's below Jeter and Mariano. I know why. Why he's the man? I got signed. I I met Whitey Ford at a baseball camp when I was ten years old. Hey, Candyman, you're on the Run Fez show. Hey, you guys were talking about the Yankees. You don't have to call in. Yeah. Um, the Yankees did a, uh, a vote on the greatest Yankee of all time. I, I don't believe. I think Jeter was sixth or seventh when they did the fan vote. But Dave was number one. Uh, two was the Mick. And I believe Garrick was three, and DiMaggio was four. And then uh, I think Rivera was, if they had a Rivera ahead of year, I think he was five and year was six. I mean, I might have to move Rivera in, in front of Jeter, and I'm not even a fucking Yankees fan. <laughs> I, I would, I, Rivera's my all-time favorite Yankee. Uh, I obviously didn't see the other guys play, but you have to, 
can't discount Mickey Mantle and Babe Ruth did for baseball and the Yankees. So. Uh, both our both our comedians had to cancel out today uh, because of the snow. Um, Don Jameson was supposed to be here today. Yeah. And we're going to have him in as soon as we can. He couldn't have come in from Jersey. And who else did we have lined uh, up? Michael Che. The very funny Michael Che. He's going to be the first comic on Seth Meyers' new show. The first comic to go out and do stand-up. And we're going to try to get him on next week. Yeah. If we can as well. Uh, it's been amazing, the comics who've come in and, and done this show uh, since we started. But in, in no way do we want anybody out on the road today. Should I wouldn't want anybody to take a train today. Um, so you're not even going to put Jeter in your top five, and you're a Jeter fan. I'm a Jeter fan, but I, I, I after you know when I was a kid, I met Mickey Mantle, and I was in awe. And I don't, I don't think Jeter is even in the same company as Mantle or DiMaggio or, or Ruth Bora and, and the funny thing is, here's the funny thing, Chris. Because the beginning of his career was so explosive, we thought maybe he'd end up with more rings than fucking Yogi. At that time, I thought 10. I thought he was going to fill the fucking hands, man. But then there was a lot of problems in the meeting. Let me tell you something, though. The last 10 years... Uh, the Yankees themselves trail the Red Sox. They trail the, the the Cardinals. They're not the Yankees anymore. It's been rough the last few years, but I, I feel they're coming up on an upswing here. They're focusing more on pitching. They, yeah. I feel good about it. I'm just scared that I'm, I'm making another trip back this summer. When I'm going to have to pay to, to go to a game is going to be ridiculous. Oh yeah, the, well, what you need to do is have a major corporation sponsor you. <laughs> well, luckily I, luckily I work for one, so maybe I can get them to sponsor Yeah, you got to get them if they, to do advertising, and then you're going to get a good seat. And it's well, nothing like, with you yourself purchasing a good seat. Yeah, I want to take my kid. You know, he, he's four, my son. He's never been there. My daughter's been, but uh, the grandstand actually around is the upper deck. That's what they, they call it. It's called the grandstand. The actual, the top, top part of the stadium. That's $11,000 to see Jeter's last game. Well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll sell my car, and I, I, I might be able to buy two seats. $11,000 to be there Thanks. to say goodbye to the captain. Goodbye, sweet man. Now, by the way, if we were talking about Coxman, I moved Jeter to the top. Because what booze was to those other guys... Do I get a gift basket? Yeah, sweet pussy is to the captain. He racks him up, and then he got rid of the last one, who's a supermodel on Sports Illustrated and Victoria's Secret, because she was too popular. So he was like, you're getting too popular, I'm out. He didn't, well, first of all, I think it's like the third time with him, he feels like he's perfected it. But he does, according to what I read in the post, he does give them a gift basket on the way out. Filled with signed Jeter balls, some Yankee gear. Swags. You get yeah. some swag. They he leave with swag. He the same basket twice. He forgot and gave the one girl. That's how the story got out, because she got the basket twice. I think there was also some caramel corn in there. <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. Hey, I'm going to get you guys a, a, a box. you got a whole bunch of new stuff coming, too. All right. Thanks, my man. All right, guys. Take care. Peace. All right. You, too. Um... Charlie, you're on the Run of Fez show. 
Ronnie B, this this doesn't sound right. Hicks went to the Mickey Mantle thing. He went to baseball. You think he just watched the beginning of Serpico and thinks that it was his life where his dad takes him, you know, to get a signing and it's really getting arrested on a warrant? Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Fucking Hicks sees himself as Serpico because he's ratting out half the people in here. I'm just providing information to people who may, may or may not need it. I felt that Fez needed that information. That's all. Um, Tammy was so sweet and wonderful in here yesterday and trying to fix Fez. I always love it when people get here fresh <laughs> and they get that trying to fix Fez and they honestly believe that they can do it. Yeah, she really thought she was getting thrown to him. She was thrown out, you know. I've been there myself. You've been there. Joy everyone pants. we've no, everyone we've known has tried to fix Fez, and then they end up in the Mikey D corner before you know it. That's a fucked up corner to be in. How's Big A doing today? Did you see him? I the, saw him this morning, actually. The guy that read it. <laughs> that you read it out yesterday. I didn't write anyone out, but I saw someone with. Yes, I saw that person today. Did he say hey to you? Mm. Was he aware of what happened? Yeah, because I, I got like a cold shoulder, you know. Because now apparently people think I'm a rat when all I was doing was letting Fez know about what was going on in the hall. You ought to be eating a fucking block of cheese every single day in here. I do like cheese. I'm sure you do. You fucking gnarl it down with those big teeth of yours, those big yellow teeth. <laughs> you sit there in your haunches eating on it. Everyone likes. You're not talking much today, Fez. All you got? Yeah. Well, we break. A lot of stuff we want to get into uh, on the way back. As we said, all of our comics had to bail in the snow today. Uh, we can get into some of these wire stories or play, yeah, what do you want? It's something we haven't done in a long, long time here on this show. And the way that that works. Yeah, what do you want? We let you bring up. Any topic that you want to, you can almost say that it's an ask me, a ask me anything. AMA, which we started doing before they did. <laughs> ask me anything. We didn't come up with a cool name. We just called it. Yeah, what do you want? So any topic that you want to bring up, we'll run with um, for the next break. If we like what we you have to say. What your question is, we'll send you into the big ass prize closet, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, give us a call. And then we got to get into some of these uh, news stories that are out there. OJ Simpson's hunger strike, Sean Wright, and uh, Richie Ancantito. And um, I forgot what um, the kid wanted to bring up earlier, but give us a call right now, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Yeah, what do you want? Right Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce Ron and Fez on Raw Dog. Show 866 Ron Zero Fez 866 Ron Zero Fez Time to play Yeah what do you want Yeah what do you want 
We will answer your questions, any questions at all, simply by calling 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, because today is... Yeah, what do you want? Uh, Here is Dave, Dave in Columbus. How you doing, Dave? Good afternoon. Yeah. Movie director of all time. Well, I'm actually going through the winter of Kubrick. Uh, and by best movie director, I guess we're talking about um, American uh, directors, or at least English-speaking directors. No subtitles. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm not going to Bergman and Kurosawa on you all that time. Uh, I mean, it's a, it's a short list. You definitely have to look at Kubrick. Um, I think Marty might be the Derek Jeter of this list. (laughs) Uh, I also think you've got to look at Hitchcock. But it's a tough one to pull off. But only because of where my my head is this winter, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Stanley Kubrick right now. Because only visually it was the most stunning stuff that you could see. It wasn't caught up in the CGI special effects bullshit. And going in so many different... I was just watching Clockwork, actually. It was yeah. on, like, IFC or something, and I just couldn't take it. Oh, you got it to watch a... it with commercials. <laughs> yeah, it was great. <laughs> so, yes, no, where are you at? Uh, I'll, give, I'll give me Hitchcock. Best all time. I bet you couldn't sit here and name a half a dozen fucking Hitchcock films. You're just trying to be different. The Birds... Vertigo. Fuck. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for lying. Let me ask you this. Did yeah. your friend Dave fucking name his kid Hitchcock? Or do you name him Stanley? <laughs> I thought it was after so me. So there you have your definitive answer. We've come up with it now. Because he couldn't do a half ten. Yeah, what do you want? Um, Eric, no joking, Hoboken. What do you got for me, my friend? Homoquistical. is what I'm feeling. Homoquistical. Uh, what do you got, Eric? All right. Uh, did you guys happen to check out Bill Murray on uh, Charlie Rose the other night? Did I not get a chance to see Bill. Amazing. Yeah. He's the best. We all love him. Did you guys see it? Did you see it run? No. No. Okay, highly recommend. I caught the last 10 minutes, and I was just, you're listening to this cool dude talk, and you're just like, holy fuck. All right, part two, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. U.S. USO men's hockey, where do you see? We, we beat the shit out of uh, Slovakia. You think we get gold this time? Yeah, we're think? not stopping. We do not stop. It's Miracle on Ice too. How can you not believe that right now? How do you not believe it at this moment? Higgs, uh, by the way, look up this thing. I just saw it on TV. Al Roker fighting against the new mayor. Um, but you believe right now, right, Eric? I I was really impressed. Uh, the, our forwards kick ass. You got Kessel with Ben Greensdyke. They play together in Toronto. I'm telling you. I mean, people say our defense is weak, but USA, baby. I mean, Saturday, I'm waking up. I'm putting the DVR. 
Hopefully we beat the Ruskies. I'm gonna beat. I'm gonna be up with you. And we're gonna beat them, and it's Miracle on Ice too. And I'm gonna be fucking rocking in New York. I want you and Jersey people all over the world. I want it to be like a fucking Chuck Berry song. All right. I have to have hope after what happened on the fucking snow with Americans. We're going to be rocking in the USA. That's us. Chuck Berry style. Uh, yeah, we're going all the way. All right, thanks. All right, peace, buddy. All right, peace. Uh, it's, yeah, what do you want? Any question at all, we'll answer it for you. Yeah, what do you want? Bruce, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. Yeah. Uh, I was wondering if you guys have seen that video floating around of the little... Uh, Put him about three years old, a black kid in uh, a Chuck E. Cheese, without any parents being seen or found, just running around all the the toys and stuff. And as soon as somebody confronts him, he starts to spit on them. Well, now this is a couple years old, right? I I think so, but I just finally I just seen it, and it, it drives me nuts when I watch it. What what drives you crazy about it? The fact that one, the parents are nowhere to be found, and two that security wouldn't even get him out of the store and just hold him somewhere until they could find the uh, the hooker mother or the drug addict father. Well, even if we go around the racism angle that you seem to be working, um, maybe a call to the police just to see if the little kid uh, can be taken care of if he has somebody. You think that's the first thing? Um Al Roker wrote on uh, Twitter, Mr. Mayor, I can never run NYC, but I know it's time when it is to keep the kids home from school. And how the dare, uh, um, how dare the New York mayor throw the NWS under the, uh, for, under the bus. Four class was on time and on the money. Um, I, I would also... Say this. A lot of people don't know this about New York City schools. You do, Chris. If they don't open those schools, some of those kids have nowhere to go. So you don't necessarily have to send your kids to school. Um, You know, no one's going to go freak out about it. But the fact of the matter is, some of those kids are going to be alone without breakfast and lunch without those schools being open. A hundred percent. If you miss one day of school, it's not the... It's not the end of the fucking world. It's it's New York City Public School. Don't yeah, worry about it. Some of those kids out there, without that school being open, don't eat today. Um, Roker also uh, tweeted out, long-range de Blasio forecast, one term. Right. You got him. Uh, but think a little bit. Not everybody's a rich guy. Um, here is um, here's uh, Bob. Bob, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, guys. Good afternoon. I want to play Yeah, what do you want? Uh, well, I'm going to Vegas in a month, and I have one night open uh, to see a comedy show, and I have uh, two choices, either Tom Rhodes or Andrew Dice Clay. Who should I see? Well, uh, Dice, of course, is one of the great comedians of all time, but Tommy Rhodes is a friend of ours, uh, and I've known him for well over 20 years, and I have to say, throw your support to Mr. Tom Rhodes. All right, will and, do. Thank you very much. And then uh, tell him by Twitter that you got the big Vegas support, the ve- big Vegas support from Ron Bennington from Mr. At Tom Rhodes. Will do. If anybody wants to throw it out there, it's At Tom Rhodes to let him know. I'm plugging that show over Dice today. Um, 
Here's TJ. TJ, you're on the Run of Fez show. We're playing. Hello? Yeah, what do you want? Yeah, what do you want? What do you want? I want to know what you think about this new show, True Detective, with Matthew McConaughey and uh, Woody Harrelson. I have absolutely fell in love with it. Well, how can you not like it? It's got two weird movie stars that get to tear up uh, scenery. Uh, our big debate lately, Chris and his little buddy Shelby came in here all excited about this six-minute fucking uh, shot the other night. What kind of is it? The tracking shot. The tracking shot that follows you from one room to the other. They're so stoked about it. I thought it was the dumbest thing that's happened to the show. This is not an action TV show. You know what I mean? This isn't about them beating up people or shooting people. It's an old-style weird mystery with the two weird characters. And what actually happened, apparently they don't do a great fucking job solving this crime. Because even in the future... You know, so we're trying to figure out this weirdness. This tracking shot made some of the worst kind of action, like old bad soap opera or stage action that I ever saw. I thought it was the worst scene in the history of the show, and yet this is the one getting all the buzz. Oh, and Pepper, how about Psycho, idiot? Oh, yeah. Psycho. There's plenty he doesn't understand. Yeah. Well, I, I um, was super hyped off of it watching it the first time. Uh, the video of it is up on the Interrobang. And rewatching it, there's a couple of questions. There's some questionable things that happened in this tracking shot. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it took me out of the show. The show is about the tension and the weirdness. Uh, all right, but while we're on the topic, what's your favorite tracking shot of all time? Oh, Christ. Uh, the one from Children of Men is pretty amazing when he's going through the. Uh, you know, my problem with thing. that is, What's I that? don't like when any water or blood hits the fucking camera. I like that. That, that makes me think, oh, yeah, it's just a camera. I'm not looking at realism. It's a camera. For me, it's, of course, the Goodfellas walking into the place, <laughs> and then also the very first shot of the player, where they're actually talking about tracking, tracking shots while you're watching the longest tracking shot ever. Uh, playing, yeah, what do you want on the Run of Face show? Yeah, what do you want? Um, Devin, Devin, you're on the Run of Face show. Hey, Ronnie B. Uh, yeah. I was just wondering, I watched, I'm sure you saw Room 237. I flipped the Kubrick uh, documentary, yeah. The Shining. Um, I was just wondering what your take on that movie was. I showed a bunch of my friends, and they thought it was all shit, but I thought I, I would ask you, I was wondering what you thought, especially about the uh, Apollo moon landing Part of it. Well, it's all, you know, I, I will agree with the bullshit, but there's no doubt that Kubrick fucks with the subconscious all the time yeah. while he's movie making. It's like being hypnotized. By the way, I, I couldn't go to sleep watching a movie last night called Trance by whatever that English fucking director is. And, Guy. huh? Guy? No, the other one. I can't think of what his name is. We'll take you two seconds to look it up. Um, Boyle, Danny Boyle. It was such dog shit, I couldn't believe how bad it was. Is that bad? I don't even remember yeah. this coming out. Yeah, I know you don't. You don't fucking live in England half the year. <laughs> um, here is uh, Billy. You're on the Run of Fest show. Oh, hey, buddies. Yeah. Hey, so uh, what is your favorite between uh, 1967 and 72 prog rock band? I got 
King Crimson slash PFF? I'm going to, you know, I'm not the biggest prog rock guy of all time, but yes has to form in a uh, in a perfect place of so big and bloated, and it goes on forever, and they're still out there touring, and people still get high for it. Where well, the King, King Crimson, Crimson had a very short coming- kind of uh, lifespan there. Um, 866 Ron Zero Fez. 866 Ron Zero Fez. Uh, playing, yeah, what do you want? Here is Tom in Houston. Go ahead, Tom. Hey, Ron. Uh, in the news, there was a school that served uh, chicken, cornbread, and watermelon, which was considered racist by the black community. But I tried to think of a meal that would offend white people, and I just can't think of one. I do have one that would offend white people, and as a matter of fact, they wouldn't eat it, and that's maggots on top of a dead rat. Look, look can I tell you something? Yeah. I am crazy about chicken, cornbread, and watermelon. And I wish the black people embraced that food because they here in New York, chicken and waffles, any attempt that I get to go for it, I make. Uh, when I threw uh, a party earlier this year, that was the food that I made. And everybody was like really acting crazy about it. And mac and cheese. And I'm nice. like, I still want it a little better. You know what I mean? Like, it's still, I don't have it exactly as good as I want it to be. I think it's a great food, and I can't, I can't imagine Italian people being ashamed of pasta, or Chinese people ashamed of noodles and rice. Black people have to take back the chicken, like women have taken back the knife. I agree 100%. Barbecue belongs <laughs> to fucking black people. They invented barbecue. It's a great thing. Everybody loves to do it. Soul food is excellent. Enjoy it. Push it. Ribs. All that food is fantastic. So get out there. Take it. Take advantage of it. Um, John in Newark, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. How are you? Good. Uh, I just wanted to know, going on the food thing, what would your ultimate last meal be currently in your mood right now? I think if you asked everyone this question, it was probably something that they liked in childhood and something that your mom made. You know what I mean? So it doesn't really matter exactly what the food is, but that's the one that you would really want to go for as much comfort as possible. Here is Chris. Chris in New Jersey. Yeah, what do you want? Yeah, right. I from True Detective was fucking awesome the other night. I think that you're a hater, and haters are going to hate with an eight. Well, uh, no, right? I, I will be totally honest. Uh, Chris and I talk about this show every fucking week. I think the two characters are fantastic. Go over to the iBang and watch how bad, because they did that long tracking shot, how m- many times, and I forced Chris to go back and watch this with me. <laughs> yeah, and Am I correct, Chris? There's um, a number of things that should be questioned in watching this, and there's a number of details that go way off. And the only reason why they kept it is for the long tracking shot. And really, it isn't a show about a long tracking shot. It's the weirdness of these two characters. Yeah, it's their relationship going back and forth. And I don't even know, if, but, but the fact that they're both weirdos in a different way. So, no, I would not be a 
Uh, I would not tell anybody I was not a fan of this show. These are two of the best actors today. <laughs> two really frightening actors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, when they get weird, it's they're fucking scary. When he got all whacked out, um, Woody Harrelson, and he went to the other girl's apartment. That was fucking nuts. I, I got to ask, Fez, you haven't been involved in the last three breaks. What's going on, dude? I'm just, uh, I'm just a little weirded out. I was screwing some things up earlier and just got freaked myself out a little bit. All right, we're bringing old Fez in the last couple of days, huh? It's been happening. That's great. Um, here is... Um, Let's go over here to Dusty in Arizona. You're on the Run Fest show. Hey, guys. Uh, I was asking if there was one Coen Brothers movie you had to put into a time capsule, which one would it be? This is the hardest question I think I've ever been asked before in my life. One Coen Brothers movie is all we can pick. It's not Um, fair. There's no such thing as fair. This is, yeah, what do you want? It's anything they want. The guy called me a hater. I defended my point of view, but I didn't want to yell, this is an improper question. There's no such thing as, yeah, what do you want? I'm only going to do this quickly uh, without thinking about it much. And I'll say to totally capture what they do comedically and with the camera, I personally... I'm going to pick Raising Arizona. Having said that, I would be happy with 90% of the choices out there and say, yeah, that's a good one. What about for you, Chris? Big Lebowski. Put that in there. Seal it. They'll open it up in 200 years. And like, wow, 1994 was the shit. Is that the year it came out? I think that, that year it was set. was was 1994, where that was the year Lebowski was set. What year it come out? Like 98, 99? Yeah, it was late 90s. So they only made the difference of four years. It was a period of piece of four years. That's yeah, 98. Weird. It came out, and it was set in like, yeah, 94. I thought it was set in like 92, because he kept bringing up the fact that he was weirded out about, you know, what was going on in Iraq. Um but either one of those makes um, total sense to me. Um, Lewis, you're on the Run of Fest show. We're playing hey, Yeah, up, What Do You guys? Want? Hey, what's up? Yeah, um, I want to take it to the X-Files level with you guys. Have you, um, have you guys heard about, um, they're saying that um, the snow that's coming down here and most of the snow in Georgia, in, uh, Georgia isn't real, that when you try to, uh, I guess when you try to um, melt the snow with fire, it doesn't melt and the snow actually turns black? I have heard of that. I don't want to set a panic out. But some of this snow may be alien spaceships. Yeah, there's a video on YouTube of a woman uh, trying to melt some Georgia snow. Yeah, it's, really just, it's just not working. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Juanito, in uh, New York, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hola, hombre, this Juanito. Hey. Why the fuck can't you fix the goddamn weather? It's fucking snowing like a bitch out here and I can't drive. Give us a little time. Uh, we've been working on it. Uh, we probably haven't finished today, but Fez, you're having a locked up day? Nervous day? Yeah. If we had Fez at full capability... We're doing a couple expen- uh, things right now about the snow. We realize it can't melt. We're working with... Um, time travel, 
and we're also working with a couple extra dimensions. Don't give everything away. I don't, I don't have any problem with it. There's nothing anyone can fucking do to us right now. It's not finished yet. Um, let's go over here to Robert in Indiana. You're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie, how you doing? Yeah. Um, I was wondering with Michael Sam heading into the NFL, what would be the proper rookie hazing for the vets to do to him to not be called a homophobe, whether it's smear the queer or, you know, kind of... I would say this, in the year 2014, the hazing thing has to stop. It's seriously, if you're going to say that someone else is gay or different, you can't be doing anything as weird as hazing. And I, I do believe this Michael Sam thing is, and, and I'm saying this from a positive point of view, I believe it to be a non-story. And I really do. I think we've moved along far enough that no one is really going to speak out about this guy, that he will live his life like everybody else i would be shocked absolutely shocked to see any of his teammates giving him any trouble certainly no trouble that he himself couldn't handle you know what i mean yeah no more than the regular amount of ball busting um here's danny in savannah it's yeah what do you want Hey, Ron, uh, I just ate at this little Thai food place, and I got to listen to that conversation about how spicy is spicy. Is it really spicy, or is it really spicy? These were people right near you? Oh, at the, at the table next to me, I had to listen to the poor waiter try to explain just how spicy spicy is. And it's not spicy spicy, but it's still spicy. See, if you're going to say something is spicy, Chris, would you be thinking it's over spicy? Because if you said, oh, I'm going to go to that restaurant, and I, what, what should I eat? And I told you, and I said, it's spicy. That's almost me, my, me saying it's a little more spicy than you might like. Yeah. When I say it's spicy, I mean it's a little bit of heat. Because I don't like really spicy food. I don't like it. it just, I don't want my mouth to burn or feel numb. It's, it's shitty. I don't think anyone does. I mean, spicy is not the same as being hot. Like, I wouldn't say a hot sauce was spicy. To me, to be spicy, you don't even come in from a sauce. You're coming from more dry spices. All right. But I do think if someone says something is spicy, they mean more spicy than you may even want it. Um, Kevin. In Boston, you're on the Run of Fez show. Ronnie B, million bucks. Million bucks to you, my friend. All right. Uh, my thing is, what song would you want to be playing as you died? I want it to be a song written far into the future called um, Chris and Fez Died 25 Years Before Ron. <laughs> and he daily pissed and shat upon their graves. See, come on. <laughs> That's the song, and I want my whole family singing it and swinging mugs back and forth so beer's spilling out. Does this mean Fez and I will be buried next to each other? Yeah, in fucking a spooning position. Oh, please, no. Um, we'll just I'll have just, our ashes mixed. Uh, I'll, ew, God. mixing their asses. Nasty, man. Their asses mixed. Nasty. And it would actually say up on there, they're locked up together forever. <sighs> Just like on Earth. That's it. I'm going to have to figure out a way to die sooner than Fez. Yeah, what do you want? 
Hey, uh, Eric, you're on the Ron and Fez show. Hey, Ron, how are you doing? I got a spy report for you. Spy report? That other guy called in and said he couldn't melt the alien snow. You got to use a hotter flame, and it works better in a Christmas ashtray. Um, it's, whatever's happening out there is frightening. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Hotter flame, babe. Bye. Peace. It's turning into the road. I mean, we don't know what happened in the road to turn the world to shit, but it's heading there. Oh, yeah, they do it right in the beginning of it. They show the bombs coming down. They show who's responsible. Really? You never saw the beginning of the road? I thought there was... Yeah, it lays it all out, how everything happened, what they were up to. I, no, yeah, I, the Russians did it. <laughs> yeah. I had no fucking clue. You don't fucking show up until the movie is 10 minutes started. That's your biggest problem. Well, I figured there'd be flashbacks in the middle of the movie to what happened. You know? Why? There's no fucking flashbacks in most movies. I just I just thought that in my head you as think, I bought my oh, ticket. I'll go late, and then I'll see the flashbacks. Love a flashback. Wait, TMZ has these tiny fucking bikini pictures. Why am I looking at this? I like an ass shot. I like a tit shot. Oh my God, TMZ. Why am I with my fucking nose... Pressed against the bakery store window, watching everybody else have Cinnabons. Somebody, uh, give me one of the kids. Somebody go out and look at the weather right now. Norris, go check out the weather. Tell us what's happening. Yeah, out tell there. her to be my little weather girl, because I don't want this turning into rain. Look, the Spice Girls on a yacht or something. Spice Girls. What fucking year is this? Yeah, this They're is the weird, Spice dude. Ladies now. Mel B. Um, here's uh, John. John in Massachusetts, our buddy. It's hey, yeah. Buddy. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want? Yeah. What do you want? What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. You brought the cat in. Uh, I want to ask. Uh, my question is: Will Fezzi get his contract renewed? I hope so. Tammy was asking about that yesterday too. Yeah. Come on back. She's a, list. She's a fan. Great. Come on in. Love you, buddy. Thanks, John. What's happening out there in the world, weather-wise? Let's go over to our weather girl. Hello. Norris, <laughs> how's the Nor'easter? <laughs> I'm good. Oh, Not by the you, way, people the, think the my name is Nadine. Yeah. It's Norris. Who people said call Nadine? In and say, hi, Nadine. And I'm like, it's Norris. We we should do a photo shoot with you too because a lot of people are asking what you look like. Yeah, I've heard. And I'm gonna have you know my friend is a professional photographer, and I was gonna have him doing pictures of you, except for I cannot trust him to keep this a safe zone. Not at all. <laughs> I need a really non-skilled photographer because <laughs> all photographers, you dip, know what I mean? They dip in. And you saw the picture of her dad. I'm. I feel like. Spiritually, I've met that man, and I'm going to make his <laughs> daughter have a safe, good time here. I've got yeah. an idea of a photographer I know we can trust, because I think he's practically a eunuch. Mm-hmm. And that's Earl Douglas, my best friend. Your best he, friend? He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't do anything sexual. Let's give him a call while we sit here. Okay. Now, Norris, you're giving us a weather report. What do you got, yeah. darling? So I looked, and it stopped snowing. Good. Which is good. Is it raining, though? It's not raining. It's just clear right now. I carried an umbrella in today thinking I might need it later because I hate rain. It probably will end up raining. Good. For my Or it's case. probably snowing right now. I just told you it's not and it's probably snowing right now. So it's weird. It's I, weird. What do Earl have to say? <laughs> Earl's being dialed right now. It's dialing. Why so slow? Why do we work so slow? 
should be fast. Should be instantaneous. We're the exact opposite of the way EMTs work. Oh God! If I was an EMT, there'd just there'd be just dead people all over the city. How do you think Fez would do? I'm not sure if Fez would get into the apartment out of the van. van. I'd end up on the stretcher by the time it was done. Why are you always bragging? <laughs> you see, you like being on the air, though, right? I love it. Mm. Yeah. Uh, do we have Earl or no? Yes, I'm getting a nod. Yes. What line is he on? Ten. He's the, but you gotta put him on hold. And then what happens? Well, I'm looking at ten, and it's not even plugged in. I was just told now he's not picking up. The other room seems confused. Uh, here is Derek in Long Island. Yeah, what do you want? What's going on, right? Yeah. So I write for this website. It's called Under the Gun Review, and uh, I mostly interview bands and stuff. I did. I just did a Scotty in for Anthrax, but I'm trying to get more into comics. I did Donnell Rawlings, and I got an interview lined up with Jay Moore in April. And I was trying to think what an interesting angle to go at this would be. What What if you never got an ask him that you would want to know from him? With Jay Moore? Yeah. Uh, I think with Jay Moore, you've got to focus on hello and goodbye. Okay. And in between that, Jay will be the most entertaining interview that you will ever have. Yeah. He's a fascinating guy, and he doesn't even need your help to get that across. He will be able to just give that to you. All right, awesome. Um, now, what is your website? It's called underthegunreview.net. Uh, and is it just you? Website, I'm no, I'm a writer for it, but I do a lot of video interviews and stuff. I've done... Yeah, you know, everything from smaller like rock acts to interviews like Zach Wild and stuff like that. So, so Jay Moore is the biggest interview you've ever done, right? Uh, as far as comics go, yeah, for me, I've only I've only recently done Don Al Rollins. I interviewed Nick Cole once. Yeah, but, uh, I'm going to go back to what I had to say to you. Jay Moore is the biggest interview you've ever done. Absolutely. This is the make or break for you, and you're going to be fine because, quite frankly, he may be the most entertaining uh, guy that you'll ever meet and ever have the chance to do an interview with. You're wow. in good shape. This is the one that's going to put you over the top. All right, underthegunreview.net. Check it out, youtube.com backslash underthegunreview. Peace. Earl Douglas, my friend, black girl. Buddies, how are you? Good. Uh, Earl, I was just uh, telling my friend, Nori Cyril, you are a great photographer. I'd like to have some photography work done with her. She's a very beautiful Dominican girl from Queens like yourself. Nice. The thing is, Earl, and if you tell me no, it'll be okay with me. I want to keep this a safe zone. That means nice, classy pictures and have somebody else with you, too, in a chaperone capacity because I am... But I'd like to get some pictures. The, the list Now, you want to get some pictures out there, right? Yeah, sure. Because I see you're doing a lot of selfies. <laughs> you need some headshots. But we know no bad pictures, right? No sexy pictures? I want clothing pictures. You know what the I mean? A bathing suit picture? No, 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 no,
right. something nice. Something nice. Classy. Earl, do you Classy. have that in you, or are you still on the beaver hunt thing that you've been doing for the last couple of years? He's like the black Terry Richardson. Is I'm Earl. not familiar yeah. with the white Terry Richardson. <laughs> Cat Daddy? No, we, we, oh, well, now I know. Whatever you want, Ronnie, I'll do it. Whatever you need, bro. Right, let me say this. The piece that you wrote up about Sid Caesar, great job. You and Leslie are both gunning it from different angles. It was fantastic. Thank you, Nami. You know what bothered me? Like, I, I was out with, uh, with, with a couple of buddies yesterday, and like anyone under 30 has no idea who Sid Caesar is. Well, the point is this. The They're so busy putting up their Instagrams or their snarky fucking tweets that they have no thing to learn their goddamn history of their own culture. Okay? Well, but, but, but I mean, but guys who were like... Let, let me show you how people are. I, I went to 12 Years a Slave with Earl Douglas. And Earl is an African-American. And... Earl start yelling out, What the hell is going on? Why doesn't he just quit? And I said, Earl, the man's a slave. He goes, what? When did this shit happen? I go, Earl, it happened. What a bad African-American. And then he yelled out, why don't they just call Batman? I go, Earl, see, that's the thing. Not everything you watch is true. Earl did not know that there was slavery. I, I don't No, the Dominican Republic, that's where it was like a holdover spot for slavery. <laughs> did you know that? You, you guys assist it. You have your, <laughs> you, you basically have blood on your hands. How's it like to be a slave trader, Norris? Now, Earl, oh, no. I've come up for a reparations thing for African Americans. I'm looking at twenty-two bucks a piece, and then we call no. this thing off. Take it. What do you really want, Earl? How much? I don't know. Like, come I, on, I let's wait and deal a little bit. Indians got, huh? But if I, I had to pick a deal, I, I would like the tax-free thing. Living tax-free. How's that different for black people today, Earl? No. How's that different for black people today? <laughs> yes, we pay taxes. So my accountant yesterday. Uh, Earl, if there still was slavery, what do you think you'd go for? So, I'm not if you had to make an estimate. Because I'd pay I mean, good prices to keep you around for conversation. <laughs> I go, I let me talk to that guy. He knows a lot about m movies, books, sports. So he'd be in the house? He's able to talk. On yeah, well, he'd, <laughs> he'd be down at the bottom of my foot, the bed. I put him down on a little footbed, his own like thing that he would be there. And I go like this sometimes. Come on, talk. We're going to talk rock. Jeez, no, no, no. Um, what my value would be. I don't even know what the... I don't know what you, in U.S. dollars what the... I mean, in today's U.S. dollars, what the price was for an average. Well, if you person. watch that 12 Years a Slave, they're going like for two Gs back then. So that had to be, you know, big money. Harper's figured out like what reparations would be for black people. Okay, let me hear it. All right, it's $100 trillion based on 222 million hours worked of forced labor. So again, a hundred trillion for two hundred twenty-two, two hundred twenty-two million forced hours of labor. That's per person. Two hundred years. No, this is for for everyone. They, black people got to split up a hundred trillion. Um, first of all, I disagree with that, that. That they would split it up because don't you owe the next generation money and the generation after that? 
It's yeah. It's so like I, every time there's new black people, they should get some of that money. Yeah, that it would be paid to the, to the descendants of slaves in the United States. Yeah, but the descendants are going to keep happening. Oh yeah. You know, for generation after generation. So why say twenty two bucks, and then the next generation twenty two bucks? Burn nothing. Well, you, simple, you, you simplified the math, didn't you? Yeah. Take it down to 22, 22, but we keep that going forever. I think 22 is a good number. Yeah, 2-2. Two, two. I, I don't <laughs> now, know about the 22 bucks. That's kind of low. Earl is our best friend. We all work together at WN. I haven't seen him. Yeah, right? well, he used to work with us at WNEW when I was there with ONA, and we were all together, and Earl was, he was the mainstay of of the company. He was there when it was Rock. He killed Rock. Then it was Talk. He killed Talk. It went to some kind of pop disco. He killed that. I mean, whatever the format, he fucking wrote it down. I don't know about writing it down. I was was on the boat, but I did not write it down. Here, Norris, the best way that I could explain it to you of Earl's great life is in a song that Brother Joe Put together for us. I was born and raised in New York City in a housing project way up in the hood. I dressed in dark clothing, so folks started calling me Black Girl. Oh, and they used to laugh about it, cause deep down they knew they called me that, cause I was as black as soot. I've always been a lazy man, a couch potato with a clicker in my hand. See, motivation I never had. Hid in the shadows when the boss got mad. For 20 years I never got a raise I'm 33 and I've never been late I look busy but I'm not, I'm just walking around I pick up some papers and I put them back down One day I'm gonna stop paying my rent Live in a refrigerator box, never get out of bed I'm black girl, a genuine lazy bum I'll always make it through Hey Chris, could you turn your mic off? Thanks Then one day some lame brains came and took ONA away And at the age of 33, I felt like I was carrying the weight of the whole station on my shoulders And Ron and Desi knew what I was going through Every morning I'd unlock the door, lay down and asleep a little more Then I put away the bathroom key, everybody was depending on me I eat a chicken wing with lemonade, Lord, give me strength to make another day. Times I felt I couldn't go on, push a button, throw a switch, answer the phone. Got lost in the van, I did my PSAs. Ten minutes work, gonna take me all day. I'm black girl, a genuine lazy bum. I'll always make it through, hard times in any double Hear Scotso say, Black girl, you're a genuine lazy bum. You'll always make it through hard times in any Ken and Jeremy say, Black girl, you're a genuine lazy bum. There is the great, historic, wow, iconic Black girl Douglas who's. I like it. Yeah, he is a mainstay. Can I of, download this on? I think you probably iTunes can. Maybe? Yeah, I think if, I think there might be. You know, look for go over to the Two You website and look for some of Brother Joe's. Nice, um, nice. 
um, you know, single work when he went off on his own. Um, but, oh, good, we put up a nice pic, but this would be the guy who would be doing the photography for you. But Earl, safe yeah. zone. I don't want her to end up in your book like so many others. No, no I'm gonna, I'm gonna be super classy. Mm. What, again, Ronnie, whatever you need, it's gonna get done. It's not gonna go in Earl's snatch book, as you call it. <laughs> I don't have a snatch book. That's oh, that's no, match no. book. I'm sorry. I'll take Vito with me. Vito will be my. I don't like the way Vito treats you. I'm not comfortable with him. No, that was weird earlier today. Yeah. Yeah. I might actually have to hire someone. You know what I mean? <laughs> Use one of our security here. Um, Earl, did you see this story where the man that might be your actual father, O.J. Simpson, is on oh. a hunger strike? O.J.'s on a hunger strike? Yeah, O.J.'s on a hunger strike. He doesn't like the way that he's treated. And he's going a Gandhi route. <laughs> he doesn't like... Uh, you can't, he kind of put himself in that position. Well, the problem that he's having, too, now is because he's heavy enough that he's actually going to look good on this hunger strike before you start to be concerned about him. (laughs) So it'll take two months with people going like, OJ looking great, dude. (laughs) Sweet. The last time I saw a picture of him, he he put on a lot of weight. He did put on some weight. If I was going to die by food, I wouldn't go the hunger strike route. I would do the exact opposite. It would be nothing but bacon and ice cream oh, until I had a heart attack. Got so gigantic that I that I just blew up. Yes. All right, the reason that you do a hunger strike is not just to kill yourself, but so people see it and they're alarmed and, and they actually start to side with you instead of the authorities, right? This is, hunger strikes are, you know, hundreds of, if not thousands of years old. If you start to eat and you get big, you never have the people on your side. You're, they're never going to be crazy about like, oh, come on, we've got to help him. He's 500 pounds. <laughs> hey, let's help that shut in. You can't even get out of his house. Was that a prep thing that you had, Fez? Yeah, it was something I was thinking of earlier. I love it because you came in strong on it. Um, Earl, is, would you play OJ in the movie if it came up? If I, would I play O.J. in the yeah. movie? See, I would have to put on some weight. He was kind of a you know, right. big, burly fullback. No, but, no, wait. You're going to be doing that in the USC years. That's where my film ends. My film ends happy. He gets drafted by the Bills. And then I go... Uh, and then he ended up setting the single season record. And some other shit happened to him. Whatever. Why wouldn't Earl jump at that chance to be to be O.J. in the O.J. story? I'd jump. I'd be O.J. in the O.J. story. <laughs> Really, would you? Yeah. At most, you could play Brian Piccolo (laughs) on a opposite of Hunger Strike. The opposite of Hunger Strike to Fez's setting up. Piccolo's let himself go, huh? I notice Laura's next door all the time. She never stops in to see us. Does she not like us? No, Laura loves us. She's Mm. just running around. Would you do me a favor? Yeah. Tell Laura I love her. I'm going to go in their office and blast that fucking song in her face. I wish you wouldn't blast anything in anybody's face. <laughs> it's a song. Uh, what's the story out of Miami right now? You said that you had some big story. Oh, uh, yeah. Incognito is just getting crazier and crazier with this Justin Martin thing. I mean, we, I thought it went away, but it, it hasn't, and I don't think it ever is going to fucking throw it. He started attacking Jonathan Martin on Twitter. He said... Um, 
You started all this when Kenny Zuckerman released the, v- the voicemail on ESPN, the same voicemail we joked about with Brian Hartline. I'm ready to move on with my life and career. I've been dragged through the mud for months by my best friend. Hashtag betrayed. It just won't go away. I don't care about Incognito and Jonathan Martin anymore, but they just keep fucking throwing in our faces. Yeah, well, I agree with you. I don't care about... I haven't I haven't cared about a dolphin since Jim Kick, and I think you would back me up on that, Earl. Um, <laughs> I've heard that name in years. That's the whole point of doing sick reference points. I like to do sick fucking reference. My fucking reference back there. Uh, Greg in Arizona. Yeah, I was wondering if you guys had an address where I could send Fezzy some uh, bacon and ice cream. Oh, that's fucking mean. I'll take it. I like bacon and ice cream. Hey, did you hear people like bacon? (laughs) Here's the thing. Fez was saying this is how he would kill himself, and then the guy backed it up. But Fez hit him with that comeback. I'll take it. I know you will. You and Chris do not get the meanness of the call. <laughs> you guys just like bacon. Oh, my God. Why does everyone now say they like bacon? Everyone's always like bacon. You don't like, like bacon? bacon? Yes. Oh, that's Everyone likes bacon. Oh bacon had the high, its highest sales in the history of the bacon sales at like $4 billion. <laughs> they sold $4 billion in bacon and bacon products. The one products. dude. <laughs> you know this turkey bacon, too? We're not talking about fucking turkey bacon, Maurice. We're talking I about know, pig bacon. but I'm just saying, like, why would you eat that? You would eat regular bacon, right? Yes. But some people, I don't know, they think bacon's bad for you. Whatever. I know. Now, they when they that? come out with things like <laughs> bacon-scented candles and soap, does someone have to pay, like, the U.S. Pork Association a royalty on that? Hey, uh, Jay in Tampa, you're on the Run of Fez show. Million bucks is always, Ronnie. Million. Hey, I got a, I got a bit of a problem. I need Ronnie's wisdom or I'm here. to help me out. Uh, tomorrow, being Valentine's Day, is my 15-year anniversary as well. And I've failed to get reservations for a restaurant down here in Tampa or anywhere. Fantastic. That's the best thing that could happen to you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But uh, Can I tell you why? Yes. Because you're going to turn this thing around, and you're going to cook dinner for your chick, and you're going to have music playing, and she's going to come in, and you're going to say, look, honey, I'm going to take care of everything tonight. We're not going to go out and be packed things. I'm making tonight your night. Yeah, that would be a great thing, Ronnie, except I got the uh, snowbird in-laws staying with me for about a month now. Okay, great idea then. Take her out to a hotel. Take her out to the beach. There you go. That's a good idea. Oh, I got it right now. This is fucking perfect. Say I'm taking you out to dinner tonight. Um... And when you fucking take her, you take her to a hotel room, open it up, there's a picnic basket in there, little champagne, nice light food, strawberries, stuff like that, and you make it a romantic night. What hotel are you talking about here? Don, C- Don C- Cesar? I mean, you could go Don Cesar, but there's so many cute little places that are right on the beach there, you know? Right. All right. That's what I'll look into then. Thanks, Ronnie. Yeah. I mean, if you do this and it's like a fun sex, we want to be alone thing, it could be any kind of hotel. You know, you don't have to go over the top with the hotel and end up spending $500 a night. Make it a nice romantic thing. And the fact that you put the whole thing together, it's going to fucking destroy her. That's a great idea. Yeah. I appreciate uh, it. I knew you'd help me. That's why we play. Yeah, what do you want? This is the same way I told Earl to try to get Norris. You know, like, here's where we're going to be doing the photography. Whoops, in this hotel room. Uh Uh-oh, where'd that lingerie and lube come from? (laughs) 
Here's some fine Mad Dog 2020. Yeah. <laughs> Earl, are you still carrying loop with you everywhere you go? I don't carry loop with me anywhere. <laughs> he actually does this, and I know this because he's with, with a girl I went with. Earl takes her to a hotel. He takes out this big jar of lube. He sticks his fingers, two fingers each, on each side of it, like that, just rubbing it in. He goes like this. This is for your ass and vagina pleasure. Oh, my God. That's what he says to him. He goes, I don't think I want to do this. He actually said this. <laughs> I'm going to jumpstart you with these and try to rub fingertips somewhere in between. <laughs> oh, my God. How come you don't have a nice boyfriend, Reese? No one loves me. Jesus. What am I gonna do? You're always. Uh, what are, are you always in the black guys? Because I see you flirting a lot with black guys right <laughs> I'm here. Not, I like my own kind. Yeah. I like Dominicans. You ever think that if things go well for you, you have a great career? You ever think about shooting for a white guy? Or you don't want that because you know what's going to come up sooner or later, right? Really aim for something. Yeah. <laughs> the problem with that is even when you hit. Sooner or later, he's going to fucking say something. You know what I mean? He's going to drop the S word. And then it's fucking on. Whatever. White guys don't like me. White, I'm, I don't know what it is. They like like the really like Ecuadorian Mexican girls. They don't we like don't, honey, I'm going to give you the uh, honest truth here. We don't know the difference. You can say you're anything. There is one? You can say you're from fucking Montezuma and the fucking white guys are going to buy it. I told you, my mom wants me to be with a blue-eyed white boy. Well, your mom has dreams, the American dream. That's what she's living <laughs> she right <does>. now. <laughs> you know what I say? Wake up, mama. You know what I mean? I showed her the picture with um, the basketball player. She was like, no. Good. No, you're not. Your you know instincts. what? I agree with your mom. I don't want you with a basketball player. Oh, well, Earl's going to get you what I'm going to call some nice pictures. Nice pictures, Earl. Always. Always, Ronnie B. You're the best, buddy. I haven't seen you forever. I'll see you soon. All right? Yeah, I might be in the neighborhood next week, so... Swing by. All right? Totally. We'll try to sneak you past security. I'll talk to you later, pal. Peace. Talk to you later. That was the only person I've ever known that worked for me that was actually loyal to me. Earl Douglas. He wasn't out to fucking do the daily stab in the back. I'll make sure that he's in on a... We'll do a, just a meet and greet with you, too. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, Al, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, I heard you earlier saying you brought an umbrella in to work with you. Does that mean Fez gave you your umbrella back? No, I got another umbrella. Pit Docs umbrella. I remember when Earl said he was going to swing by? Yeah. People are riding in like oh, on a no, vine. No. Yeah. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> God damn it, they got him. Earl, you don't know what you say. Thank you so much, everybody, uh, for being here with us during the Blizzard of 65, they're now calling it. It's officially called the Blizzard of 65. Um, we'll see you guys back in here tomorrow and we'll reschedule our comedians uh, as soon as we possibly can uh, I don't know whether they got any gigs they need plugged uh, but we'll reschedule them as soon as we can see you guys back in here tomorrow and that's the end of my show donk
You know what you've been doing? You've been listening to The Ron and Fez Show. It's now over, but don't worry. You can listen again and again on Sirius XM On Demand. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. Listen to Ron and Fez whenever you want. Go to SiriusXM.com slash On Demand. This show was brought to you by Afro and Friends. You can get other high-quality Opie and Anthony-related audio from the website afroandfriends.blogspot.com.